taking off in five, four, three, two. What up? What up? What up? What up? We're fresh off of uh, a big movie release. We mm. just uh, we just got back from the theaters. Mm. Great way to start a Saturday morning. Really is. Yeah, you know, uh, we didn't start it by doing any sort of like chores or anything constructive. No, nope, no, no yoga. No, no. No. Just sit down and I didn't seat. even eat breakfast yet. <laughs> you know what I had for breakfast this morning? A big, uh, a big gulp, or was it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, is it the? Yeah, is it? The, is it called a big gulp? This icy thing? The well, slushy? It's, it's sort is of it like slushy? Kleenex, where you just call everything that thing. <laughs> yeah, call it a big gulp. <laughs> That's what I had for breakfast this morning. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, we've got uh, an abbreviated show for you guys today because we, we're gonna have like a super show. Come uh, Tuesday, we're going to do uh, sort of a year-end wrap-up, and we're going to bring you all the goods and all that shit. Okay. That, that, super yeah. show. We're going to have to live up to that. You're going to have to have more sound effects queued up for the super show. Yeah, like yeah. More Which, bombs and gunfire. Yeah, I have none right now queued up, uh, yeah. as is usual uh, is usually the case. Um, but uh, but anyways, uh, so uh, but today we're going to do an abbreviated show. We're going to talk about uh, nothing but uh, the uh, uh, the final film in the Star Wars franchise or I guess the the Skywalker saga, because I'm pretty sure they're going to clearly they're going to give us more content, whether we like it or not. Um, but uh, the, the last film in the uh, uh, what do you even call this trilogy of trilogies? Is that what we're calling it? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if we've installment invented installment of the Th- Star Wars trilogy. trilogy. I, I guess it yeah. sounds complicated. Star Wars, and when, uh, for those of you who are not Star Wars fans, which um, always surprises me, weirds me out a little bit. Um, really, you're surprised that not Star Wars fans? Well, I'm always still surprised whenever people like haven't seen it. Mm. Oh, that's very true. I yeah, yeah. Okay, you, like, you don't need to be a fan, but you you just yeah. had to have seen yeah. it. Like, <laughs> there are nine fucking episodes. You haven't seen one over the past thirty you years. Been flipping through fucking the channels and landed on like TNT and seeing a fucking just all day something about the Empire striking back. You've never <laughs> nothing. You haven't seen any sort of revenge of any Sith. Yeah. Uh, what's going on here? Like, you know, and like you know, and they'll know who like Darth Vader is, right? Yeah. Yeah, or I, Luke I, Skywalker. I, I haven't gotten around to watching that. Like, what the so fuck do you mean you're, you're you in, haven't gotten around to watching Especially it. if you're like still in your 20s. It's like your entire life. Yeah. People have been talking about this guy, Darth Vader, <laughs> or like, Luke Skywalker. Like, You've never had any curiosity to see. Yeah. Eh, let me find out who this guy is. Let me, yeah. Let me take two hours to find out. You're like, what show is that guy from? Is that guy from uh, Mad uh, Men? Is that <laughs> Mad Men? <laughs> what? Mad Men. <laughs> the fuck out of my face. <laughs> Yeah, he was mad. He was a madman, but no, yeah. but no. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're going to talk everything. The Rise of Skywalker uh, film. We were just fresh out the uh, fresh out the box of seeing. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but first, we want to talk just a l- really briefly about uh, box office numbers. We had yeah. this uh, kind of uh, what it, what seemed like it was going to be an interesting conversation. We'll see if that remains true. But uh, we were talking about box office numbers and why they matter remotely to audiences i guess i understand exactly why they clearly matter to studios and to production companies and to the creators of films right why the fuck do audiences care yeah about and a lot of people numbers? probably don't even know what we mean when we say box office they i don't know they they, they might because uh, I think it's it's like if you say something bombed at the box office, everybody's like, I, I know exactly. Yeah, what they you know mean. what that means. Like, oh, the sure. movie didn't do too well. But like comparatively, what does it mean? Mm. Right. And so okay. Bombing at the box office would be essentially looking at the the cost 
to produce the film versus what the film gained in, in total yeah, there you revenue. Go with your visual, right? your hand yeah. visualizations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, this is what the movie cost to make. This is what the movie was uh, projected to make, and and it under uh, and it didn't do well as either one of those projections. Yeah. Uh, and a movie can bomb at the box office while still turning uh, a small profit, but yeah. a profit well under what what it was projected to make. Yeah. is what essentially what a bomb is and box office is essentially just uh the the metric system used to uh gauge whether or not a film is successful very true right um before you jump into the the analysis i did i just bring this on screen uh for those who who are watching this on youtube uh this is uh, I, I don't know what the fuck this is. This is a monstrosity. Uh, yeah. We were at the theater and I was like, I need something. Usually I don't get anything at the theater. Uh, I'm just like, look, I, I'm just here to watch mouth. a fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I was uh, I, I only had a little bit of sleep. So I was like, I need to stay awake through this movie. Uh, so I get this. Uh, so I feel like I had to explain that, uh, that it's not as if I was just like, this is what I do on the usual basis. Uh, this is clearly just a Hail Mary throw to try to stay awake through a movie. For our uh, vegan listeners, <laughs> this is not his norm. <laughs> the vegan, you joke. The vegan people, they'll come Wait, after you. Right? Is that a soda made of animal <laughs> byproduct? I don't know. I can't Maybe. listen to your show anymore, <laughs> yeah. even though I love movies. <laughs> no, only vegan movies. <laughs> Yo, could you imagine? You know what? I feel like the world might go there. Like I, I don't know. Was what this that movie what produced uh, by a vegan filmmaker and that's director? That's true. You know what? You're saying that I think in jest, but that actually it, might this be might be a reality. True. Like, because that's where we're getting with a lot of our shit, right? It's why, it's why people are looking through like everybody's like old tweets to like, oh, this person said this, therefore they can like. I remember when they tried to do that with uh, the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, James Gunn. Yeah. Um, Recent, they, more recently, uh, Camila Bello. Yeah, Camilla oh, Bella. You hear about that? Yeah, her shit was her yeah. shit was just like yeah, that's was, hard to explain. She was saying some wildly <laughs> racist shit. Like unprompted. Yeah. It's just like, why do you need to say it? Like when you're saying that kind of stuff like right off the cuff, there's something going on there. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it's and like, unprompted. So for anyone Camilla Bello, she's like uh yeah, really, we're taking a severe left turn, yeah, but severe. I like where I like where it's yeah, going. Yeah, Camilla Bello, she's a like really popular uh like pop singer right now. I had right? no idea who she was. I kept seeing pictures of her and I, I you also know that don't, song like Havana Ula. Uh, I do know that song, yeah. but I, I didn't have any concept with her, yeah. but I keep seeing pictures of her and uh she's dating Sean Mendez. I also don't know who he is. But I just keep seeing pictures of them online. You know how like they just keep putting shit in your face, like yeah. this is important, and you're just like, all right, yeah, I still I guess. Don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she's a famous singer, um, and recently some old tweets, or, or I don't even know if they're it's tweets. Like I think blogs it's like or some Reddit shit. posts, something right I don't know. Um, of hers surface where she's you know used like many racial slurs and she's Oof, discussed she, it, and made jokes you know about like very like sensitive things. At least she's fair in her racism uh, because yeah, she, I don't think she, she spread it out. There, there's yeah. not a, a group that was safe <laughs> from her attacks. Um, so I will give her credit there. You know, she 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 attacked everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Equal opportunity, she, racist. She walked in and started shooting. Yeah. She didn't target any particular yeah. person into a, an audience. She just yeah. is like everybody here can yeah. die. I don't care. Um, and like she's come out recently. So again, all these like racist old comments and posts and whatnot uh, resurface. And um, you know, and what do you do then? Right when stuff from your past comes up, you just have to issue. Um, 
a heartfelt apology, <laughs> right? <A> heart. <laughs> and it has to be. Apology. It has to be heartfelt, right? Yeah. Or you at least have to say it's heartfelt. Because yeah. if you don't say it's heartfelt, no, people are going to forgive you. If you say it's heartfelt, everybody knows it's not heartfelt. If you have to say something, oh, this is heartfelt. Yeah. It's Which heartfelt. is a weird word anyway, yeah, heartfelt. heartfelt. But like, like, like you know, people want to. People want to. At least hear that it's heartfelt. They want to. They want to feel that it's heart, yeah. heartfelt. They they don't want to. They don't want to. They want you to say it because if you say it, you're just a fucking raging. But then if you don't say it, do you mean it? No, no. You can't say I'm giving like a heartfelt apology. You just have to give the apology and hope that it comes through as heartfelt. Because and if you someone say, else has to say somebody, oh, it was heartfelt. yeah, somebody has to speak on your behalf in terms of it's like saying. Um, it's like giving yourself a nickname or something like that. Exactly. Or saying, hey, I'm super smart. It's like, but if you call yourself smart, yeah. chances are you're not that bright. When somebody else calls Maybe. you smart. Yeah, yeah. I feel like in your apology, you have to say you mean it, though. You have to say you mean it, but you don't do that by saying it's heartfelt. You you say I'm sincere or I'm being genuine. Or, you use a different word. Yeah, you use a different yeah, yeah. word. You don't say heartfelt. But anyway. Uh, this is my heartfelt apology. <laughs> People are like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> But if you, you switch it up bitch. and you say this is my genuine apology, <laughs> oh. people would be like, oh, oh, I see. <laughs> people are so stupid. <laughs> switch the word up. Got him. Yeah. <laughs> so how we got here, though, was uh, talking about James Gunn uh, or, or just the idea of, um, you know, making a mistake. Or, or making comments in the past and people trying to hang you out to dry for it. Yeah, like um, some of the stuff I've said on this podcast, I'm sure in my uh, in, in my uh, in years to come will resurface. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, he made a joke <laughs> about the little Indian kid on the boat in Life of Pi on episode you, you, one, you probably fifteen. <laughs> yeah, remember I made that Life of Pi joke about yeah. the little brown kids. Yeah. Um, well, don't give them the episode so they can go back. <laughs> well, I'll give it to them. Fuck them. Life goes on. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll, I'll give my heartfelt apology then. <laughs> uh, so this is a long ways from talking about uh, the original thing we we're talking about, which is box office numbers. We'll get to that real quick, uh, and then uh, and then and then talk all things uh, Rise of Skywalker. Um, but we were talking about it as in, uh, uh, we don't like, or at least I don't understand why fans get obsessed with box office numbers, like why it fucking matters, right? If if you're talking about a franchise that, like, so for instance, if you're looking at Marvel and you're like, oh, this particular movie didn't do well, then okay, I can see why some of the fans would be worried or that would concern them because uh, then you might not get like a sequel to that thing, you know, and you're looking forward to a sequel or it might mean the whole franchise has to take a completely different shift. Um, so, uh, so for instance, like the Terminator a movie that recently came out, um, uh, Dark Fate, right? You, you, yeah, Dark Fate. Yeah. You said you liked it, uh, but it performed poorly at the box office. So that actually might mean that although you liked it, you might not get a sequel from that thing, even though you probably would be all for it. Uh, I could see in that case, but outside of like major franchises, I don't understand why box office numbers matter. And we were talking about Richard Jewell. We were talking about yeah. cats that recently just, you know, uh, yeah. didn't do too well. Uh, you know what I think? I think for the average viewer, right, it may just validate your interest or disinterest in spending your money on that thing, right? Hmm. If I hear something's doing really well at the box office, I may... In my mind, that may say, okay, a lot of people have went to the movie or to the theater to see this movie. Maybe this movie is worth going to see in theater. Maybe it's worth the money that I'm going to spend to go see it in theater. That's after people have already like seen it, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, 
Well, I mean, that's the you get the box no, box office numbers after like for week one or week two or whatever, right? So it's like, okay, if I didn't go see it opening night and I'm a week late, and then box office numbers say that this movie's doing very well, that might validate my purchase, me going hmm. to purchase that ticket. Okay, I, I I'm yeah. buying into that. Okay. So like you know, and, and that that's across the board with a lot of things, right? If uh this, the number one selling pickup truck in its class, right? Mm-hmm. What the fuck does that really mean, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are buying this particular truck. There must be something about its payload capacity <laughs> of the new 2019 Chevy Silverado or something like that, right? Yeah, uh, but so I guess that from from an advertising angle, that's what's called a, what like a second window customer or and I'm, I completely just made that up. I have no yeah. idea if that's no, but it sounded good. You should have went with it. I was, I was about to be like, damn, I didn't learn that. No, it, it's it's something to that. I, I like there is a term for it, and that's sort of the dem- that demographic. Or ah, fuck, what is it called? I can't for whatever reason I can't remember. But it's like okay, you have your uh, I think early adopters who are like the first people to the yeah, shit. Who like, I'm just gonna an, buy it if an like, iPhone comes out. They're the ones camping out in line, you know, fucking yeah. uh, freezing out in the middle of fucking winter because I gotta get that fucking iPhone. Um, then you again, I think there's a specific term for it. I just can't remember right now. But then you have your second group who's just like they'll watch the first group and be like. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, how many of them yeah. died? Okay, <laughs> they're all alive. All right, I'll, I'll buy. It. I'll like this is the movie Mount Everest or some yeah. shit. <laughs> like, like, hmm. How many of them died? How many of them made right? it back. <laughs> um, uh, and then you obviously have people who are like much later who don't even care or, or and then discover it later and like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, I guess there's some some sort of um, and then just just to like take to the that. the car reference a little bit further, right? Mm-hmm. So. You go to the movie theater at all times you have options. There are always at least 10 movies in theaters that you can go see. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that box office number, unless you, you are going for a particular film, that box office number may decide what you go to see. So, like, mm. you know, if I go to the car dealership and I have the option to buy a Ford F-150 or a Dodge Ram or a Chevy Silverado, if you tell me, hey, this car did... You know, this this is the number one selling SUV for 2019, right? Mm-hmm. I might sway that way, even if all things are the same, right? They all can you can put shit in the flatbed. They all have towing capacity, and you can you know rear cameras. They're all the fucking same. Yeah. But this car is the number one selling one. People are buying this one the most. Okay, I'll buy that one. Right. Yeah. It kind of validates it in a way. Yeah, but that I guess the reason why I have an issue with that is because it's just like. It's like, just make your mind up about the shit. Like, do you actually need the shit? Or like, you know what I mean? Like, do your own research. Figure out, like, what you like, what you don't like. And that's the way you should approach it versus, oh, just because this thing... Because what, what that does is it allows mediocre shit to, like, be perpetual. Like, where it's just like, this thing's regular, but a lot of other people fuck with it. So then I'm just going to go with that thing, too. And then the cycle continues like this thing that would otherwise just be a, a middle of the road thing. Uh, what what I call to mind is um, the Fast and Furious franchise. No disrespect. Look, I I was a big fan. I kind of no, still that, am a big a great fan, one. but it, it, there's just no denying it's utter nonsense at, the, at this point in time. Yeah, it's, it's pure <laughs> trash, but every time they drop it, people are going to go see it because it's like... It's doing numbers. Now, I guess it's a big deal, you know. That and then the franchise, uh, the Fast and Furious franchise does give you, I'll say, what you expect from it every time, right? No, Crazy. I think it's I think it's gotten progressively 
worse. Yeah, I mean, that, the, the, well, the storyline has would gotten worse. A, a coherent, at least a somewhat somewhat coherent storyline. They in the last two movies they found no uh, no reason to give us anything of the sort. Yeah. No, no reason, no logic. They just create they new just... villains. Like, yo, we're gonna give this chick a plane that never lands, and some software that and some dreads. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna give this white woman dreads. She's the villain. That might just be like a bigger, a bigger uh, societal thing. I might just. This movie may just have been about cultural appropriation. Uh, it definitely was. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so like a movie like Fast and Furious, they give you what you're expecting. Like you're gonna get crazy, you know, car action stunts and blah blah blah, right? Yeah. Um. And then you know people are gonna go out to see the movie, and then they are able to use oh this, this those box office numbers to continue like mm. the marketing scheme, right? Okay. It's doing this well. It's doing this well. It's doing this well. Go see it. You should go see it because it's doing this well. Yeah. But again, like from all of your friends from, have seen from it. the studio's point of view, I completely understand that. Like logically, I get it they'll clearly use that to their advantage right but from an audience's standpoint it's kind of just like just because of a lot of other people see something the the only reason like so for instance in, in our space the reason why we would do that is simply because we could see what the hype is all about and give you our take on the hype yeah but other people who are just like they're not trying to give their take on the hype they just i guess want to experience the hype is that it yeah sometimes you know uh you, you catch a contact high Right, <laughs> you didn't hit the blunt, but you caught a, you caught a contact. <laughs> that could be just as fun sometimes. Fair enough. Uh, not as fun, but uh, no, not as fun. Yeah, you, you'll, you'll still pass the P test, um, but you, you caught a little contact. Fair enough. Right? Uh, did you 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 did have some numbers for us? Yeah. So um, let's talk about some of the box office numbers for the movies uh, that are currently in theaters. Uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of the Skywalker. So uh, this was released two weeks ago. The weekend gross, so that's mm. this weekend. Uh, it was released not two weekends ago. It was released on the, on, wasn't it on Christmas? It's no, I'm sorry. Last it was a week, Thursday. It was the 20th. Yeah. Okay. It so came you're out. Right. No, I'm sorry. I yeah, was, so it's in I was very week. confused for a second, but yeah. you're correct. So it's in his second week. This weekend's gross is uh, 26.2 million. Total gross is 316 million. Mm-hmm. Um, this is domestic, not international. And they're saying that it's underperforming, by the way. Yeah, I, I would think uh, three hundred sixteen million for this movie would seem low. Not after week two. I mean, and and that's but and again, that, like and underperforming is that, is that means domestic? it's underperforming. Is that domestic or D- domestic? Worldwide? So we don't okay. know what worldwide domestic, numbers. Look if it's like. domestic, okay. That, yeah. like, that sounds like it's to me. It sounds like okay. Those are I'm not disappointed in those numbers. Yeah. You know, and when we when they say underperforming, all that really means is like there was. A projection yeah. and this movie's below that projection yeah. but there's no it's hard to tell exactly what the movie's gonna do yeah you know what you spent to make the movie you have to exceed that of course well they, they, they have their all their algorithms and whatever to help predict what movies that that's why they that's why we get the references to like oh this is underperforming overperforming yeah. whatever the case is uh, is because those executives that's their jobs uh, yeah some of them and the algorithms really are just a highly educated guess right <laughs> yeah. but at the end of the day nobody knows true yeah. uh, so following uh, uh, the sty- uh, Star Wars the Rise of Skywalker is Jumanji the next level um, the total gross for this film is at 151 million this is in its third week. Um, Frozen in its sixth week is still coming in at number three uh, with $410 million total gross. Little Women 
coming in at number four. And, and this movie is surprising to me because of some of the movies that follow it. Mm-hmm. So this is in its first week. Uh, total gross is hey. 18.2 million. I got to give a major shout out to Greta Gerwig. I haven't seen Little Women yet, but I am so glad with the... Um, what am I? What am I trying to say? With the, with how her career is, uh, the direction it's it's taken off in, uh, because I just remember watching a lot of her earlier movies, thinking that you know she's so fucking talented, uh, and now seeing her have success as a director, especially uh, uh being uh, a, a woman director, um, I think she's got such a bright fucking future. I'm, I'm a huge fan of hers, and I just yeah, I just is, does it isn't it crazy to think back that there was a time when people would say women can't direct movies i don't even know like and that time wasn't too long ago and there's no real reason why but but that like it's the reason why anybody says anything even remotely close to that of anybody right uh um Black people don't like skiing, and it's just like, yeah. do you know black what? people don't yeah. like to ski, or are you just Is saying that? that? <laughs> what research have you done? Let me see the algorithm, right? Yeah. But like, and that time was not too long ago. It yeah. is like some of this stuff when you say it out loud sounds fucking crazy, and then you realize that like people did and still do believe this crazy shit that's based in nothing well so i I think part of the reason is because of um the assumptions that we make about other people right like so for instance uh we make a lot of assumptions about a lot of other genders uh you know that whichever ones we're not uh we we make assumptions about other ethnicities uh class assumptions um we make a lot of assumptions because that's safer than trying to actually try uh, tr- to try to find out whatever the information is. Right. Yeah. So, for instance, uh, uh, it, you know, they say, oh, women can't direct. I'm sure that's based off of, oh, um, you know, I know a lot of women who, you know, they don't uh, they don't like to take charge or they're they're not great at taking charge. And it's just like, well, if you're if you're dealing with a patriarchal system uh, and that system has been sort of bred to minimalize women, um, then you're just talking about something that's just catering to that same system. You're not that's not really saying anything. That's not an experiment would be to put a woman in charge and then be like, all right, yeah, let's, like, see, let's see how it goes. Exactly. Or um, and, and but not just to stop at like one woman do that with all the women. And then let's see, like, OK, is your theory true like you know there's literally no other way to see if it's true other than that you know other than to test it right exactly and then, uh but the test means you have to like give up Actually, power exactly right so and, and the <laughs> people like, who are in power harvey's like, like we don't want to give harvey's like wait a minute <laughs> i have to give what do um hey we, we got we to talk about kevin spacey a little bit later too and oh, like yeah, his yeah. most recent post uh, well, well we got it we got to get this press play yeah. sometime soon but but Let's so uh, let, let me finish up some of these uh, box office numbers. Again, Little Women, uh, 18.2 million total gross. We have Spies in Disguise. It's a Will Smith uh, animated film. Uh, so this movie, I expected to do bigger. One, because it's Will Smith. And he's I don't a think draw. it was well promoted, man. I saw a trailer for a long time ago. Yeah. And then I just saw that it came out. I'm like, see, I've seen endless trailers. Really? Yeah. 
huh. um, or at least like I maybe it's just the same trailer and I've just seen it endlessly. But I expected this movie to have because animated films always do well, right? Yeah, um, and especially and with Will with Smith, Will Smith in yeah. it. This movie, and then it also has uh, Tom Holland, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, this movie's only done, uh, and again, this is in its first week. This movie's only done 13.5 million. Knives mm-hmm. Out in its fifth week, 103 million. Uh, uh, total gross uncut gems in his third week 13.7 million um cats in its second week 14.6 movie this movie this film is like an abysmal fail massive yeah. cast yeah i mean you've got uh um, judy dench you've got taylor swift you've got idris elba james corden uh you've got jason derulo J- jason derulo i think uh, jennifer hudson's in this movie cast is just endless the the CGI mm-hmm. shit apparently mm-hmm. they had to go back and like re-edit the film while it's actually in theaters mm-hmm. um, the storyline I heard the costumes are like weird it kind of makes you uncomfortable like they're cats but you know some of the bodies are so like realistic you know they look like just like naked people in cat suits, right? Or body suits. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that went wrong with this movie, which we may get into another time. But uh, sure. the last you hear, Bombshell in its third week at 12.5 million. And rounding out the list is Richard Jewell in its third week at 14.1 million. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's been interesting to see sort of where everything was, like all the cookies are. are, are. And for our year end, you know, super show, uh, we will get into. Uh, Technically, what was like, I mean, there's just no denying that what was the most successful movie of the year. I mean, there's, there's only one. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's hard to believe that that was even this year. It feels like so, so long ago that uh, Endgame uh, came. How many out. times have you seen it? I don't even want to say. Yeah. I, I think I may have seen it's Endgame. It's embarrassing how many times I've seen that movie. I think I may have seen it four times by now. I'm pretty sure I've seen it more. Yeah, uh, I remember the last time I saw it, I was like scrolling through Netflix uh, or now uh, Disney Disney Plus. Yeah, and I was looking for a movie to watch because it's like I have Disney Plus and I may as well fucking watch it, right? Yeah, it's definitely getting canceled as soon as the Mandalorian ends, which they just had their season finale, and I I'm a few episodes down, so I have to yeah. catch up. Definitely canceling that. I don't don't need it. Yo, yo, you are. Yeah, see, I paid for the year. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah you're, you're stuck. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, got you. <laughs> but I mean, the the year equivalent was like, or paying for the year was like the equivalent of like paying monthly for like six months. I was like, hey, whatever, fuck it. Yeah. But uh, I was like, I couldn't find out what to watch, and I was like, fuck it. You know, here we go. It's Let's one a.m. It. Let's start. Can't run this from it. Three hour movie. Can't hide. <laughs> <laughs> so I was. I watched Endgame for the fourth time until like four a.m. Yeah. That still wasn't a bad decision. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. It still slaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah. But uh, like, and uh, you know, and we talked. We just had a whole conversation about like, you know, uh, do numbers matter? And I think they do, right? Because I think there were a lot of people who were curious about the whole phenomenon that was uh, Endgame and why people were making such a big deal out of it. And I think they just went out of curiosity, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, do, so, do you think uh, people also went like, let's say you hear a movie that nine hundred million, right? Yeah. To, to push it over? And people oh, go... 100%. I think the, so. Like, oh, the, I'm going to go a second time just to like, uh, be a part of pushing this movie not, to a billy. That's not my cup of tea because I yeah. could give less of a fuck. But I, I definitely think that that's a part of the, the idea is to see it do something, to be a part of something that's like, oh, like I can... Like, so for instance, when... We were all a part of Avatar when that became, uh you know, the highest grossing film of all time. I don't think anybody gave a shit. Like, because nobody. nobody really predicted that Avatar would do those numbers. And like, if anybody did give a shit, like 
my twenty dollars <laughs> helped push that movie over the you know billion dollar mark, or whatever, set that new record. I mean, yes, yeah. yes, it did, um, but no, it did. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you didn't have like a real impact collectively. Everybody did, but like, but I mean, I wonder if there are people who that's think, what that's what like voting is, right? Yeah, that's how we vote people in the office. Is is like. You know, one vote is yeah, who the fuck is a fuck about that? And you get something back from that, right? Like, let's yeah. say you vote uh, a, a president. Supposedly, you get something. You sub- back yeah, from supposedly. That. The idea is you're supposed to, if you cast your vote for president, you get a president in office who does something good for you as sure. you know, the people. If you go see a movie for the second time to be a part of pushing that film over a Billy, all that really happens is. James Cameron <laughs> buys a new house. <laughs> you know what, what, what the, the funny part is? Is I actually heard that he doesn't uh, or he didn't really get that much money from. I don't know about Avatar, but I know definitely was it Avatar. I don't know one of his movies that was like a super high gross movie. Like it was between Avatar and Titanic mm-hmm. that he was just like, yeah, I didn't really get paid anything for that. Yeah, and it was just like what yeah um <laughs> but well, i guess that maybe it, not J- this the studio uh pre- the president <laughs> of the studio exactly the, the executives yeah new house yeah. <laughs> several new houses <laughs> with your money for going to see that film a second or third time yeah uh with all that being said uh it's the fate podcast ladies and gentlemen yo 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 it's your boy T-O, as you know. It's your boy, O-Rain, real name, no games, no gimmicks. Yo, it's the motherfucking Fade Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything TV, media, and film related, along with any of the goddamn thing we're going to talk about, coming to you live, direct, Heart Studios, Baltimore City, what the fuck is up? Star Wars, man. Hey, Lightsabers and, and, and Millennium Falcons and all that shit. I wish I had it queued up. I didn't have yeah. it queued up. Um, we have to pay for that. We get sued. Yeah, for that. yeah. We probably get kicked off of uh, YouTube for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we are doing a very abbreviated episode. Although we've been talking for like at least a half hour uh, thus far about other nonsense, um, fun nonsense, but nonsense. It was good content. Um, but without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we're just gonna jump right into the shit. <laughs> We've got another fucking press play. Probably the last one of the year, I would probably say, right? Like, we're not... We're the last press play be. of the decade. Oh, that sounds epic. It's <laughs> too epic. That's too epic for what we planned. We're going we're gonna to have to edit something in to make that sound bigger. Like, I, <laughs> I feel like my, my minimal, like, fucking air horn You know, here, here's, what we, here's what we could do. We, I'll yeah. say it again, then yeah. you drop a bomb. We hey, edit that don't. first one out. Or we keep them both. Fuck it. Keep them both. The last press play of the decade. <laughs> more bombs, more energy, and all that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not feeling epic at all. <laughs> no, it's not. But oh, it shit. is to us. Here we are. Yeah. Um. So fuck it, man. We've been uh we've been doing a show for what almost two years now, dude. Damn. Yeah. It's literally almost been two years we've been doing the Fade Podcast. It's uh, been. This has definitely been one of the uh, one of the highlights of that time. Um, mm-hmm. coming here and doing this show mm-hmm. on the weekends. I mean, you know, sometimes life happens and we'll miss a week and you know whatever, whatever. But this is genuinely fun. Um. <laughs> To, to anybody who's listening to this Fade podcast, and I don't usually give like advice here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- three things that I try and live by is like, you know, you got to have three different hobbies, right? A mm-hmm. hobby that makes you money, a hobby that challenges you, challenges you mentally and creatively, and a, ch- and a hobby that keeps you healthy, right? Mm-hmm. 
um, my hobby that keeps me healthy. I go to the gym, I go to the gym often. I jog, I run. Um, I do like yoga class here and there. I try and mix it up this year. I definitely want to do a lot more boxing mm. than I did. Um, and I want to start doing like more spin classes. Right. Okay. Um, the hobby that keeps me creative. I think this is one of those things, right? Mm. Doing this podcast and like, you know, being able to learn about film and talk about film. Um, this, this is this is my fun hobby, the hobby that makes me money. We won't talk about that because they do listen to podcasts, and I don't want them pulling up my file. Like, well, he's here; he only has one stream of income. <laughs> what is this hobby he talked about hey. on that final episode of the decade? Hey, look, that person who's probably pulling up your record, they probably have a side hustle too. So, yeah, <laughs> who are they to judge? Yeah, so, hey, don't judge me. I won't judge you. Um, but yes, yeah. this has definitely been uh, my hobby over the past, uh, um, and, and more than a hobby, but uh, over the past two years that has challenged me creatively. This has been fun. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to get bigger. We're going to get better. We're going to go faster. So yeah. Uh, great, great way to end the year. What do they, what do they say? Uh, what's, what's the old thing from pinky and the brain? What's the, uh, what are we doing tomorrow? Brain? gonna try and take over the world god damn right uh so uh only real ones would get that reference by yeah, the way yeah, if you yeah, don't yeah. know that pinky in the yeah, brain yeah. reference you're, you're too young i can't yeah yeah like you know I, i'm not necessarily on the market i'll see you but, when i see yeah. you but i don't really want to see you <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not on the market but uh you're too young for me yeah. if you don't understand that reference <laughs> um so uh yeah, for our decade ending, uh, which is appropriate, I guess, you know, uh, very appropriate at this film, uh, uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, very appropriate that it is our indeed our decade ender um, because there has been no franchise that's been talked about, analyzed, scrutinized, dissected, fan fiction, uh, years of anticipation. Uh, uh, a prequel trilogy that came before it, you know, uh, nine fucking films all together. The only other one that, I mean, of real relevance, I mean, obviously there's been 8,000 Friday the 13th uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, movies. There's been so many Nightmare on Elm Street movies. There's been nine, well, what will be nine Fast and Furious movies, but there's no franchise that's been more under the spotlight than, of course, the Star Wars uh, franchise, so it's uh, it's very appropriate that this is the final uh, press play we're gonna do not only for 2019 but for the entire decade. Um, and uh, what a way to fucking go out is I I I let the cat out of bag a little bit. Yeah, uh, I thought uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump into every sort of which way about this, uh, but I, I thought it was a very appropriate film to end this specific decade. Yeah, this um. Uh, this particular movie was the the conclusion was tasteful. It was epic. It was like emotional. It was artful. It was all of those things that you yeah. want um, in an ending. Absolutely. Uh, I th- I think people are gonna ask questions naturally, but those questions at the end of the day really won't have taken away from how great this was. Yeah. Um. This so- is the ending. Like you. Know, I think one of the best shows or series that I've seen that's, you know, come to a conclusion and had an ending that like left me feeling full was um, Breaking Bad. Yeah. You see, everybody says that I, I, I'm i not too sold on the Breaking Bad finale. Uh, it maybe even after we do this press play, we could do a real quick thing about what we were watching. Mm-hmm. Just watched. I'll, I'll talk about that then. But 
I watch something that I think is the best, simply put, the best show, not only of this decade, but maybe the best show ever. Ever. Okay. Lofty yeah, goals. Yeah. We'll talk We're about We're going to have to talk we'll about talk. that. Yeah, we'll right. wrap Let's about keep it. going with this. Uh, uh, for, Star for now, Wars. Let's, uh, let's dissect everything and anything uh, Star Wars uh, Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker related. Uh, this film, of course, was directed by J.J. Abrams, uh, of course, returning after directing um, uh, The Force Awakens. That was a 2015 uh, Star Wars episode, uh, uh, episode uh, seven, uh, The Force Awakens. Uh, and uh, this was written by Chris Terrio, um, JJ himself, as well as Derek uh, Connolly, Colin Trevo, uh, Trevor, 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 I don't the know. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but if I'm not mistaken, he was the director of the uh, of episode eight, um, which everybody has, of course, their uh, uh, feelings about. Um, Right, he directed episode eight. Right, am I just making or am I making that up? Might be. Am yeah, let's just up? say he did. Um, uh, this film also stars, uh, you know, two people who we've know who we've come to know very well. Uh, Carrie Fisher, who plays uh, Leia or Organa, Organa, Princess Leia. Yeah, Princess, as we know Princess Organa. Yeah. Um, uh, Mark Hamill, who plays Luke Skywalker, Adam Driver, who's had a phenomenal year, uh, playing Kylo Ren, Daisy Ridley playing Rey, John Boyega as Finn, Isaac Oscar as Poe, uh, Dam- Dam- Damron, I think, uh, Anthony Daniels, who plays C-3PO, who's played him for, um, is is it almost the entirety of that character? I think, I think it was the entirety, yeah. Yeah, yeah. shit. Uh, as well as a few newcomers uh, to this film. A lot of names here. I won't go down the entire list. Um, Lupita Nyong was in this film. Yeah. She, she played uh, Maz. Yeah. Yeah. I did not the know other that. Glasses. Yeah, she did. Yo, you know what the fucked up uh, quick side note. Uh, there was this there's this clip uh, of I think it was on The View where uh, who's one of the ladies on The View? Uh, fuck. What's her name? Damn. I, f- I forget what the fuck her name is. But she's like. Um, you know they're they're interviewing Lupita and um, you know they're 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 going back and forth and then she's like oh like you know how'd you um who did your hair on set or like how was it like being you know uh, getting your hair done she's like well well it's an animated character so <laughs> it's not really an applicable answer yeah. or a question um it was one of those moments where you just knew she didn't she had no idea what the fuck was going on she just yeah. thought it was one of those things you thought you could just throw out there. And just it's like, oh, this is a good fellow question to make it seem like I'm engaged in a conversation. Yeah. To make it seem like I did fuck. my research exactly. before we had this person on, <laughs> or like I thought of like thoughtful things yeah. to ask. Oh, man, me I want now. I want to know who that is. Yeah, uh, fuck uh, Abby. Abby, it's not Abby Martin. It's uh, uh Abby. Fuck, what's her name? Ah, Abby. Is she like the daughter Huntsman. of um, Abby Huntsman. Huntsman. I think that I believe it's her name. I don't know. Her. She's yeah. She's one of the host of the uh, the View currently. Uh, but this film, I also want to throw this out. Uh, Billy D. Williams made his return hey, as shout out the um, fucking Billy D. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, his, uh, Lando, Lando Lando Collins, Carizian, Carizian. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck did I say Collins for? I don't know. <laughs> Lando Carizian, uh, Billy D. Williams. I believe he passed away earlier this year. Didn't Bi- he? Wait, 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 wait. What, what, what are we talking this? about? That? Billy D. Williams. Yeah, didn't he die? No. No, he's still alive. Yeah, you know, Billy D is still alive. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I don't know. What are we talking about? Are you sure? Billy D is still alive. Is he? I thought he was dead. No, who? No, no. You, I think you're thinking of Quincy Jones, right? Quincy Jones died this year, and they uh, kind of they kind of look similar. Let me double check. <laughs> <laughs> if I predicted his early Uh-oh. death, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> that would be terrible. I could have <laughs> swore that he passed away this year. No, I'm pretty sure Billy D hasn't passed away. 
Oh, you know what? Never mind. There was some other actor who did, but he had this uh thing that came out earlier this year about how he's like uh, he came out as um uh, bisexual or something like that. Yeah. Um, oh, wasn't that, it that when he was talking about like the Richard Pryor thing, or was that Quincy? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure that was Quincy Jones. Maybe that was Quincy yeah. Jones. Yeah. And, yeah sorry, stop thinking to other people when you think. Sorry, of Billy, Billy D. Yeah. I thought you were dead. You're still alive. <laughs> you thought you were dead and bisexual. So, <laughs> well, no, it, it was Billy D. Who came out and said the thing about how he doesn't like really see gender too much. Oh, like, like gender fluid. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what's so funny, man? Is it's like, and we're obviously digressing from our main conversation here, but. Uh, you know, a lot of older people are starting to come out and say, you know, come out as either bisexual or just gender fluid, whatever the case is. And it's it's an amazing thing to see because it's like uh, that generation criticizes the younger generation for being, oh, I don't know what these kids are doing these days. They're just yeah. doing anything. And it's just like, motherfuckers, you guys wanted to do everything, but you just looked at each other like, yeah. are you going to do it first? Are you going to do it first? You know, instead yeah. of just being open with it. And it's it. funny, I had this conversation with somebody recently about how like... Um, uh, like what is it the the generation before is there generation x or or the baby boomers no that would be gen x is before us gen x and then baby boomers are like our grandparents right yes, um so. and how like baby boomers and gen x or like you know, gen no there's something between the baby boomers and gen x because those are our our parents generation y <laughs> maybe i don't know. i don't know but anyway it's so like they, like it said that millennials are the, most, are the most like sensitive generation right and and like but it's actually the other way around. It's the baby boomers and Gen X that are like, were very sensitive, but they were sensitive in like a regressive way where they're like, mm. we're not going to talk about these things. Exactly. Right? We're not going to talk which, about Which religion. has the appearance of being non-emotional. Um, yeah. But it's highly But it's highly emotional. emotional. <laughs> yeah. Because everything's internalized. Like, exactly. We're not going to talk about religion. We're not going to talk about I'm politics. So affected, we're not going to talk about homosexuality. I'm so affected by this thing. That I, I can't literally talk can't talk to you. And, and it's also fear. Like, I'm afraid to talk yeah. about it, too. Yeah. Whereas millennials, right? People say, oh, millennials are very sensitive. Well, it's like, no, it's it's outspoken, right? Yeah. We, we want to have these conversations. We want to talk about these things because it's important to talk about those things. Yeah. And yeah, when you talk about these things, people get sensitive, but it's better than not talking about it at all and being sensitive about it. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I don't know how we got there. Yeah, but long uh, way. <laughs> All right, let, let's finish uh, j- jumping into the the initial things of uh, uh, everything uh, Star Wars Episode Nine. Uh, l- let's first start off with the plot. Like, what do we what do we think about the plot? Where 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 what do we like? What do we don't like? So uh, this movie picks up where um, the First Order is uh, now entering what they call the Final Order. Yeah. Um, Kylo Ren is uh, waging, you know, his his war against the resistance, as well as plotting his revenge or plotting his uh, him destroying uh, Emperor Palpatine. Right. Yeah. While um, Ray, she is currently in training. Uh, trying to like find and, and summon her like the inner force, right? She's still coming to terms with who she is and her power, and she's trying to understand it. Um, and all of these things are all happening at the same time, right? Uh, the plot of this film, I love where it picks up, right? Uh, and I think I mentioned this to you as soon as we left the theater. For me, the first fifteen to twenty minutes of the film, mm-hmm. it was. It, 
I wasn't necessarily confused. There was just a lot going on. There were a lot of little different things happening all over the place. There was some stuff happening over there. There's some stuff with Kylo Ren. There's some stuff with Ray, um, Finn and Poe are out on a mission. There was a lot going on. And what I realized uh, as the movie continued, and especially towards the end, was like the, the beginning of this film starts off as like a little puzzle, and you're putting together little random pieces here and there, and then the puzzle eventually comes together. Uh, but overall, the plot of this movie, I, I like that it picks up where that the the episode nine left off, which or was um, I'm sorry, episode eight left off. And it drops you right back in in the action. Mm. Um, it it feels fast. It feels like a, a continued story, um, and it brings all of the characters. Their stories finally converge, and they finally reach uh, kind of like a, a maturation of like who their characters are. Right, the the, the character arc, as as you may say. Mm. Um, for me, the pacing of and I know we're gonna get into this a little bit, but like the pacing really made this the storytelling feel like a little bit more cohesive it's hard not to be deeply involved in this film as soon as it starts like when this film started i was locked in right away um i liked that it's finishing this star wars saga it's telling the final um acts of the story it's bringing characters together in a way that made sense yeah um so i'm glad you brought up the pacing because i think i thought the pacing for this film was uh the best pacing i've seen in any star wars film uh now there'll clearly there'll be uh uh there'll be fans of the star wars uh franchise who might disagree and might point to other films um as being better or worse um or or better um uh than um uh, than this film but uh for me this was the best one uh as far as pacing goes uh and it's because it 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 did and whenever i talk about pacing for any film I, my best reference is always to the dark knight uh 2008's the dark knight uh, christopher mm-hmm. nolan's film um because that's like seven different movies in like one movie right um but you don't really notice that it's like seven different movies you just are just there you're like uh, i don't know i've been i've been here for three hours but give me more you know yeah um that's what this film did for me. It, it it never really left me in any sort of lulls. There was no yeah. real like downtime to just be like, Ooh, uh, let me go refresh in the drink. You know, let me go refill this big gulp. That's, <laughs> you know, that I've been sipping on. Um, and so I, I thought the pacing for it was phenomenal, but uh, I thought that this was the, and I'm still breaking down the movie because we were uh, oftentimes when we it's do very press fresh. Play, yeah. So there yeah. are things that like throughout uh, this podcast, throughout this review that, um, I may not remember or have caught until like, you know, an hour or two hours from now or maybe tomorrow when I'm like, oh, that's what that meant. Like, oh, that's yeah. what ha- really happened there. Yeah. Um, but it isn't kind of important to like do it right away and get these fresh thoughts out. Absolutely. Uh, and so th- there there are clearly there are going to be things just like you uh, said, there, there are going to be things that uh, we don't necessarily you know that we, we don't say or that might have been obvious things, but we just haven't had time to sort of marinate. But yeah. and this is why if, you guys got to go see the movie. Exactly. Um, and yeah, you're screwed if you listen to this and you haven't watched it <laughs> because you're going to hear everything that happened in it. Exactly. Um, but uh, this film for me did a couple of different things all of which serve as being the perfect ender. And I think I said that when we first uh, started um, the perfect ender to this decade, 
because it spoke to exactly where we are and it gave us a roadmap to where we can go. Uh, a quick side, uh, like a, I'm going to take a side road to where I'm trying to go here. Back in March, we had, or April, right? That was, I think it was April. We had, uh, the, 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 we're right in the thick of the Game of Thrones finale, right? Yeah. And I, and I use this as an example when we were sp- speaking about it in the car after seeing the movie, uh, after seeing Star Wars. Um, uh, Game of Thrones was a fantastic series, but to me, it, it had a hiccup at the the end because, and again, I'm not, I'm not coming from the same perspective as some other fans where they're like, oh, they just didn't do all the shit that I wanted them to do. On, on the contrary, I just thought that Game of Thrones asked a very specific question. They, To me, when I look at Game of Thrones as a whole, and I, I watched it two or three times, literally within two or three months, I watched the entire thing like two or three times back to back. So I have a very firm and fresh grasp on what the whole thing looked like as a whole. And the major question that I feel like was continuously asked throughout the series is how do you deal with people who are who have immense power and are reckless with using it? How do you not only defeat them, but ensure that you're not going to become them? Brilliant question. Yeah. I don't know if we've ever answered that in in a human history, but at least they attempted to ask the question. But what where they failed to me is they never attempted to even try to give us an answer. They just gave us uh, you just kill the person and yeah. then just go into the woods, you know? They gave <laughs> a story, but like not a real answer. Exactly. Right? It was very vague what the answer was at the end of the game. Exactly. And and it's almost like they went out of their way not to try the answer the question. But um uh I, so I thought Game of Thrones failed there. Unsuspecting, uh, I, I didn't suspect though that we would get sort of the answer that in this Star Wars film, which I think it it did. Right, one of the major themes of the film for me was that exact question: is what do you do with somebody like you know? Uh, and we could talk about how like Palpatine, like, and we'll talk about that aspect of the the plot soon. But um, of where like it, it didn't really make sense how like Palpatine just came back and was just like, hey. Yeah, I didn't that, that is, for it in you know, years. and even in the um the the synopsis of the film, it's like you know it says Emperor Palpatine mysteriously, mysteriously returns, returns. And it's, like, it's like it's always going to be a mystery because like yeah. we have no idea how the fuck he came back. And do we like do you really care how he returns or why? No, right? and that's the beautiful no, part yeah. is I don't I'm gonna fuck the film doesn't care nor do we like yeah <laughs> and I do like how the film doesn't like apologize for it. it. it do- you know, it's like perfectly said. Yeah. He's back. The, yeah, <laughs> deal with it. Yeah, deal with it. <laughs> yeah they, they didn't spend an elaborate amount of time on it and like trying to dissect, okay, let's go through these. Let's show how they put him to back. They're just like, he's hanging from this weird fucking contraption. He's just fucking hovering. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like taxes. It's like, no one knows why we pay him, but, but we do. You know? <laughs> taxes, um, you got to pay him. Palpatine, he's back. Uh, see me in April. Um, <laughs> see you in April. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, so so that that's one thing, right? We'll, and we'll talk about that um, more deeply soon. But um, the film asked that question of, you have Palpatine, who's a maniacal, fucking crazy uh, emperor who's just he got immense power um, and doesn't give a fuck about destroying everything and anything that does not bow to him, that does not, in Game of Thrones uh, style, bend the knee, you know? Um and then you have these characters who come along who are like, well, this is fucked up. And again, 
spoiler for those of you you haven't watched it, cover your ears. You know, use uh, what do they call it? The, uh, Earmuffs. Mi- ear mu- mittens uh, is what they call. It. Um, uh, Ray when when Ray gets to battling Palpatine, right? Um, how she destroys him is by letting him destroy himself, which is sort of an answer, right? I don't know if it's necessarily uh, uh, a, a truly meaningful answer. I don't think it, it's got its own sort of problems in that sort of thinking that, oh, this this evil person is just going to end up destroying themselves, but it's at least something, you know? It's yeah. at least an attempt to be like, because if you notice in that final battle, Ray doesn't really do anything. She just is like a mirror for Palpatine and just lets him destroy himself, which is, that's that's saying something. That's an attempt to give us an answer. Yeah, his own power is what was his ultimate undoing. undoing. Exactly, you know. Um, and I think, uh, uh, you know, a, a, as you know, that that might be an insight into like hubris. You know, sometimes you just get too cocky and you're just doing random shit, and then you just end up destroying yourself because you just you're too reckless. Yeah. Um. So, uh. So, anyways, so, so that was one part of the the, the plot that I that I really like. But then the other part that I think was the real heart of the film was Kylo Ren's journey. I think that the whole idea of not just forgiveness, self-forgiveness, I think is the main plot back. And they set it up beautifully, man. Uh, it was really a good, and it's great that JJ Abrams ended up directing the film because he was able just to tie it right back to that first film that he directed in the force awakens where, uh, when in force awakens, when Kylo Ren, uh, kills uh, uh, Han Solo. Um, spoiler alert! I guess if you haven't seen The Force yeah. Awakens by now. <laughs> uh, um, uh, and and um, I don't think Harrison Ford went to hair and makeup. Before. No, he doesn't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah he doesn't do that anymore. He, why? Why yeah, does he, he have to? Yeah, fuck, he's he's eight thousand years old, and he's Harrison Ford. Yeah, no hair and makeup. Yeah. Just he, roll the camera. He literally looks the same in every single movie. He, he just <laughs> he didn't have lines before. He just. Roll camera. I'll, exactly. I'll say. I'll say what I have to say that Just I'm leaving. Run it. Yeah. Run the tape. <laughs> um, or he pulled the bull, uh, Bill O'Reilly. Do it. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Do it live. <laughs> um, so uh, they have this nice conversation where I think, and I forget the exact words. Um, but but uh, Ben or, or Kylo Ren says he says something to tune of like, how can I? be forgiven for the things i don't think those are the, even the words at all but it's something to to the idea of how can i be forgiven for the things that i've already done or how can i come back from the things I already done like mm-hmm. he literally killed his his father how the fuck is he going to come back from that that was supposed to be the thing that cemented his fate that now you're just now yeah. you're now you're so far gone that exactly. you can't come back exactly but uh the idea of redemption is uh it's perpetual, you know, it's, it's, it's something that lasts forever. Uh, it's, it's only when you decide to, uh, um, to, to take ownership of that thing and say, Hey, I did this fucked up thing. Now, how can I start building from it? How can I claw my way back from yeah. that thing? And I think that in where we're at right now in 2019, I think that this, look, say what you will and and i think a lot of people probably already noticed this this film speaks directly to white dudes who are feeling disaffected by society who feel abandoned left out whatever and are just online wilding out (laughs) talking mad shit uh, or actually doing crazy shit this film 
is literally their film. It was made for them to show them exactly that, that no matter what you fucking done, you can fucking come back from it. You don't have to, you don't have to pledge yourself to the fucking Sith and just yeah. be like, that's it. It's over. I guess I'm Sith now. You know, it's, it's done. Uh, even if you have done fucked up shit, and there's been plenty of stories of, of dudes who've joined like white supremacist groups. who have been like, yeah, I mean, I've done it for like 20 years, but then I just woke up one day like, well, this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, start the, the, the process of, of, of uh, getting themselves out of that sort of habitat. Um, and I think that this film more than anything else that I noticed spoke exactly to that. Yeah. And it's not just about like forgiveness. Right. And like, you know, let's say you've gone down a dark path, you know, like Kylo Ren's character did before you can start to fix anything right or before you can change directions you have to start by like forgiving yourself um acknowledging the things that you've done wrong right start there and then the second part of that is like redemption you have to find you you can't just forgive yourself and be like all right well uh, Uh, moving on (laughs) what's for dinner right you have to then find a way to like redeem Redeem yourself yourself, right and it's not going on like an an apology tour it's action yeah um which is what he did in this film he forgave himself i don't know how he got off that ship that he was on out in no they're they're, pacific we'll we'll talk about anything and everything (laughs) in terms of things that just didn't you know quite link up uh although i i really like the film it still had some yeah, of the there's, there's yeah. some little and like the issues with the film are small yeah like things that you're you're only really going to notice if you're someone in like a similar position as we are where uh you kind of like you're analyzing the film in a different way than like the average viewer right because yeah. when, when, when i was watching this movie i was really looking for storyline i was looking for yeah. plot holes i was looking for i was looking closely at cinematography i was looking at like the sequence of events the average person going to this film was just like i'm gonna go see a movie right yeah well no, and that, that's that, not that to undermine be, yeah. that's not to undermine like the average person's um uh you know intellect right but i do know a lot of people who like whenever i talk about a movie with like you know a friend of mine's outside of us right mm-hmm. doing this podcast um you know they may say like yeah, I didn't see any of that. I didn't catch any of that. Like, oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> well, like, look, there, there's plenty. Look, I, there's plenty about this movie as well as just movies in general that other people are yeah. severely better than me. Yeah. You don't. You don't have to be an expert. Like, we're yeah. not experts, right? Yeah. You know, we're well informed and we have a genuine interest in this. We're not experts, and like even people who don't do a podcast about movies. Oh yeah, could, could, I know. I know plenty of people who are just, uh, you know, uh, cinephiles, as they say. Uh, and, um, I think, I, I, I think you, you gravitate towards certain things in films, right? Yeah. Like, uh, so for me, it's plot. Like I usually gravitate towards the plot. Everything else can kind of be whatever, but if the plot is not, if it, if I can't really understand what's going on or the, what's happening, or if I can't relate to what's happening, um, then usually I check out. I'm like, uh, yeah. I'm done and I would, thing. I would say I get, I gravitate to like characters and relationships mm-hmm. between the characters in a film. Um, but quickly going back to the Kylo Ren, um, yeah. again, his, his storyline, which is an underlying storyline throughout this film was about like forgiveness and redemption. And after he forgave himself, he immediately, his next action was redemption. Yeah. Right. Um, love the sequence of events that followed. Yeah. Uh, and they were a beautiful cap to, I think this is clearly like my favorite trilogy of, of all of them. In fact, I, I don't even think it's even close. Uh, uh, I think it's, uh, unless I'm just a, a 
huge Star Wars like fanatic. Like I watched the original films back in the seventies, uh, through through you know Empire Strikes Back and then Return of the Jedi. Um, unless I'm that kind of fan, I I don't think I don't see how you like how you can watch those films and then watch these films and be like, oh no, those are, those are like. I like the originals better. Like yeah. you, the only way you like the originals is out of nostalgia. Like yeah. it's a, like technically speaking, it's not a better movie than, than, no, you know, no. the uh, originals. Uh, just like, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe you like you watch these movies when you were a kid and then you went through a dark, <laughs> you had some dark times since you're like, uh, <laughs> I like to think back to when I was a kid and those movies are better. Um, yeah. But you know, in reality, there's no fucking way like the no. action, the characters, like so much has developed since that. Like you can't say these movies are, or the older movies aren't are are better than the ones that we have here. Yeah, uh, and and what I would say uh, quickly to wrap up the plot is uh, the the mistake that they made with I think the first two films is that um, they didn't they didn't really give us this sense of family between Finn, uh, Ray, and um, uh, and Poe. Um, they gave it to us a little bit in spurts. But the reason why we, uh, why I think people love the dynamic between Leia, Han, and Luke in the first uh, film, uh, uh, A New Hope, uh, is because we got so much time with all of them together. Yeah. You know? in, th- in, the, in The Force Awakens, unless my memory serves me incorrectly, um, uh, uh, we really didn't get that much time with like Ray and Poe, for instance, they didn't really have any, yeah, I think really, they met at, like all at the end of the movie interactions. Or exactly. Um, if that, because, so I think at the end of the force awakens, Ray links up with Leia and then just jets right off to, to go find Luke. Um, so she really didn't have any time to like link up and be like, Hey, let's, yeah. let's catch a beer. <laughs> let's like, <grab> a pee. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think that that what was, is what was missing from the first two films. And, uh, in this film, we got it. We got the that aspect of it. And I, I don't know if they were saving it. I wish they didn't. I wish they just gave us that, you know, that familial sort of connectedness in that having them together. Um, I wish they just would have did that with the first three because then we would have been like, okay, I'm riding with this team. Yeah. This is my squad. And, and it allows you to be more like emotionally invested exactly. in the film, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, and sorry, I'm, I'm like, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, uh, you're running yeah, out of the fucking nose. Right here. nose yeah, uh, I, I was sick this past week, so I'm just getting over it. So, um, but yeah, uh, so, so I, overall, I think I give the plot. Um, the, the, they did uh, a marvelous job with the plot of this film. I think it was is the best of the these latest trilogy. And honestly, I'm not even gonna lie. I think it's my favorite Star Wars films by far. Like, yeah, it's the one I identify the most with. It's the one I had the most emotional reaction to. Um, it's it's the one that uh, felt like it flowed throughout the entire thing. Usually halfway through a Star Wars film, I'm kind of just like, I mean, this is cool because people tell me it's cool. But also I could watch something else and be just fine right now. Yeah, I can't think of a Star Wars film that I've watched. Um, and I think I've seen pretty much every Star Wars film that's come out during like my lifetime when I was you know, old enough to go to, to the movie theater. Yeah. I've pretty much seen every single one in theaters. And I can't remember one that I've watched where I've been so uh, invested in the movie, right? Yeah. Where it's like, not just like you're having fun watching it and you're in your head, but you're also like physically, like you'll sit up in your chair for certain parts. Like you'll grab your seat for certain parts. Um, like I was that into the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so 
theme uh i, I love again where the th- where this movie picked up dropping you right into the storyline there was no like slow build up it's like you the last movie left you at a certain place we're going to pick up right there yeah um and some of the characters who, which we're going to get into now uh, just continued to develop and develop. So yeah. I'll let you start this one off. Let's dive into the characters really quickly. Yeah. Um, who who is your uh, you know who's your big winner? Uh, yeah. And who you know if any disappointed? Yeah. As as always, I'll give the uh, my runners up and then I'll give my MVP. My runners up for the film uh, are um, weirdly enough, uh, I think the one of the main stars of the show, but he was kind of limited because there's only so much you can do is a C-3PO. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think they made an extra effort to make C-3PO sort of one of the center points and the, the, the comedic, and he's always, to some degree, the, the comedic relief of the film. But in this one especially, it seemed like he just, it, it was purposeful in, in that uh, he had a lot more lines than I think he usually does. And um, he usually he's just running around like, hey, everybody, what the fuck is everybody doing? Um, but this time he was like saying things and there were different like inflections in terms of things he was saying. Uh, and then he had, I think, probably the most um, emotionally sort of like it, it, it didn't it, it wasn't like bad emotion. It wasn't good emotion. It was just like like a or I wouldn't say it's not it wasn't not a, a good emotion, but it was like a it was like a moment where you just like fuck this is uh when he when and it was in the uh it was in the uh the previews in fact it's it's this specific scene where he says i just want to take a last look at all my friends yeah and it was just like damn yeah <laughs> you know it was like oh man that hit me you know yeah there's no way you don't see that particular scene as like uh it's very human right very yeah. like that's i mean if you don't if you've seen the star wars films and you don't already see c3po as a character like as a part of the story not a robot like that moment really solidified it. No, absolutely. Um, and uh, you know, I give uh, Anthony uh, Daniels, I believe, uh, is the uh, the the actor playing C three PO. Um, I give him a lot of credit because it's it's hard to do that with, um, with uh, you know, with those constraints, you know. Um, but obviously, he's had <laughs> he's had decades to perfect it. But still, you know, I I I, I tip my hat to him, um, nonetheless. Uh, okay, I'll give one more runner-up, and then I'll give my MVP. Um, my next runner-up is actually a shared one, uh, because I believe it was their relationship that really held the movie together, is uh, Daisy Ridley and uh, uh, um, uh, Adam Driver, uh, playing both Ray as well as Kylo Ren. Um, I think that they uh, they knocked it out of the park. They had Their chemistry was just, you know, forget them being a couple or whatever the case is that people wanted them to be, just their the way that everything sort of like transpired between them, not only from a plot standpoint, but also just from how they interacted with one another was just natural. It felt real, you know, it felt genuine. Uh, It was, uh, it was perfect uh, with that. Um, My MVP of the film, hands down, I think it has to be Oscar Isaac. There is literally nothing this man can't do. Perfect. (laughs) I fuck. I love him as an actor. Yeah. He is it, dude. Like he's he's that dude, you know. Um, it, at at various points in the film and his whole story arc, like I, I love everything that was decided between literally just having him play uh, uh, Poe, as well as uh, uh, where they took the character, his story arc, um, and then just uh, something about Oscar Isaac. It's just like he's got something. It's just like goddamn, this dude's got some sort of juice to him, you know. Um, but what I love what they did with his 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 story arc, where 
essentially, you know, through through all these things, they've they've labeled him as like the the reckless like adventurer who's just going off and doing things on his own, and he doesn't really care, and he's just gonna do whatever fuck he wants. And then at the end, he realizes I can't do this by myself. Like I need others with me. You know, yeah. I need. And literally, it's his idea to bring others from the galaxy into the fold, and and then that's how they end up winning. And it was just a great tie up. And it's, I mean, it's an obvious sort of like story arc and and where that's going. Um, but it was just it was done really well. Uh, yeah. And and I think that Oscar Isaac uh, as an actor, um, I've watched this dude for a number of years. I think his career starting off, um it was always one of those dudes that you just always saw, but you're always just like, ah, oh, he's cool. And then as the years have gone by, he's just gotten bigger role better and bigger and role. Better and better, and better, he's yeah. just gotten better and better with everything that he's, he's handed. Uh, I can't say enough good things about Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Uh, so following your, um, your setup here, I'm going to give you guys a few front runners of mine and then I'll give you my, my big MVP. So, Front runners, I mean, I think Daisy Ridley, uh, Adam Drive, or Daisy Ridley, I think she was phenomenal. I, uh, there are so many scenes in this movie where I'm thinking about how the actor pulls off this particular scene mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Like, like when you're actually filming the movie, you take away all the digital effects and all the you know finishing touches. When that when this actor is on set filming this scene, how do they pull this together, right? Mm-hmm. How do they make this believable? There's so many scenes throughout this movie, whether it's like the more emotional scenes or like the physical, uh, like the physical, uh, phys- like the fighting scenes, yeah. right? Uh, she just, she, she outdid herself in yeah. this particular movie. Um, There's nothing about her character, nothing about who she was and her capabilities in this movie that's not believable. Yeah. Um, so huge runner-up. I think John Boyega, uh, I think he really brought this character Finn to life in this film. Like he actually showed um, some emotional complexity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he showed, like I think John Boyega, one of the things he wanted to do with this film and with this particular character is show that he was more capable, right? He wasn't just some uh, defector from the First Order who... Um, was constantly running away from battles like in this he's a capable fighter in this film mm-hmm. uh, so I thought he was a huge runner up Oscar Isaac I want to give him my MVP um, but I'm going to give him uh, runner up in this one again to your point phenomenal actor such incredible range um, and he was also uh, very vocal in the development of this film and this particular character his uh, mm-hmm. character Poe that he wanted to show that Poe wasn't just like this um, solo soldier that he he was a part of the resistance and not just um just you know someone reckless cowboy. reckless doing his own thing yeah. and in this movie he really brought that character to life we even saw that he has you know we saw some of his past and we saw got a little bit got a little uh, glimpse of you know past relationship that he may have had which just kind of paint more of a picture of who this character yeah, and it was. It was subtle too. It wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like they tried to layer it on. It was just like this little thing that they add in just to give you a little more spice to his yeah. uh, to his character. And even really at the very show. end, where um him and, and I forget that character's um oh that was a uh, that was Carrie Russell actually uh, who played Zoral uh, Bliss. Carrie Russell, yes, yes. So like, uh, even at the end of the movie, after they defeat the uh, the, the final order and they get back to home base, and uh, you know you see Poe even kind of you know shoot his shot a little bit, right? Give it a head nod, yeah. you know? so like, And like that, subtle things like that kind of give you uh, insight into like who this character may be, right? So yeah. I thought that was phenomenal. Uh, my final runner up is going to be um, Dom Domnal Gleason. 
who mm. plays uh, or uh, Domino, yeah, yeah, Gleason, uh, General Hux. Yes, uh, I don't know why they don't have his name on here at IMDb, uh, but uh, yeah, Domino. Damn, is am I saying his name right? Domino Gleason. You know, I didn't even we'll go with that it. was his first name, but uh, but yeah, yeah, crazy, uh, crazy first name. I need some uh, need some background on that. I'm gonna have to do some research. <laughs> yeah, um, but his uh, and he plays again, um, General Hux. General Hux. His character and how he played this character over the last uh, was three films, yeah, has been so well done in that his character is never, you know, is never too large, is never too small. He's always purposeful and he's always intentional, right? He seems like if there's anyone who has a real mission, it's felt like him. Whether he's trying, like he to, has an agenda, yeah, like whether he's trying to advance in the ranks within mm. the first order. Um, you know, he's trying to destroy the Skywalkers, and he seems like it. It always felt like he's had a different purpose than, um, uh, than than or Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren, yeah. and anyone else, like any of the other generals. Or he's had in the a first more order. human, um, uh, agenda, meaning that it, his agenda, and, he, and I love the line where he he says uh, he's talking to Ray, or he's talking to Finn. He's talking Finn, to Finn, Finn yeah. is like, well, why'd you help us? And he's like. I'm not doing it for you. I just don't want to see Kylo Ren win. Yeah. And that's the most human emotion, to, especially in yeah. a corporate world of corporate, whatever. That's like the shit that happens like, all the fucking time. I just don't want to see time. that person get I just, promoted. I, I want to get I promoted. I hate this person right. so much that I'll fuck their shit up just so that I don't see them win versus me trying to win myself. Yeah. And he plays his character so well. And like you grow to really, really dislike him throughout the course of these movies. But you're, you're always still interested in his in his character just to find out that spoiler alert that he was the spy within the First Order um, giving information to the Resistance about how to defeat um, the Final Order and Kylo Ren. Right. Yeah. And, and, and he was willing to go against everything he stood for to see Kylo Ren fail, which yeah. is again, a very, very human thing to do. And, 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 and uh, I don't one more little thing. And I like, it was perfect. how they fucking set that up. I, although I think the entire, like the entire idea of him being the spy was pretty, I think it was pretty heavy handed and pretty like apparent. Like yeah. it was, it uh, not was, for me. I was like, Oh yeah. Holy shit. I, I, I didn't see that at all. I thought, I thought it was like, they, they could have like, they, they basically mailed that in that he was going to be the, 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 the person. But, it was beautiful how they set it up because it was revealed after Kylo Ren belittles him. I've disrespect on a cosmic level. Yeah. Where he's talking and he just uses the force not to hurt him, just to silence him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I have That's not so seen that level of disrespect disrespectful. in film even, or real life. I'm he's just even, like, <laughs> I'm not even going to hurt you. I don't even care enough about you to like, I just don't want to hear you choke speak. you. Like with the other general, he literally he picks the other general up and tosses him, uh, you know, uh, on the ceiling of the room, and he's always fucking people up. And yeah. then he just and anger is like, oh my, yeah, I can God, deal with anger, right? <laughs> like if you're mad at me and you show me you're mad at me, I I, I can understand that, yeah. right? That's not as disrespectful as just silencing me, yeah. right? Silencing me is pretty much telling me I don't care about your fucking thoughts, your opinions. You sir are you just not shut the important. Fuck up. Do your job and shut the fuck up, right? And that's what he did. So like disrespectful, like, which for um uh for uh, Hux Hux just validated his uh his reasonings for that's that's some beautiful being the spot storytelling and look again and i always think i always think uh oh the, you know 
I'm sure there's somebody who's seeing more out there in terms of uh, the plot and understanding the links between certain things, but just coming fresh out of the theater, just, just having my memories that I'm having now, I just thought it was beautifully set up how they had that scene. And then in like a scene, you know, fairly close to it, then they reveal, Oh, he's, and you understand in that moment, man, fuck, I'd be a smart team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then lastly, for my runner ups, and I know I've had a few here, uh, just cause there were so many great performances in this movie to your point, Anthony Daniels, who plays C3PO, um, the ability to bring alive a, a robot who's, you know, uh, working within the the, the conf- confines, uh, for lack of a better word, of like an operating system, right? To be so likable, to be so charming, to be so funny, but funny in a way that like a computer would be funny though, right? Like a yeah. robot would be funny, being like so literal where, you know, there's so much vague and people are being sarcastic and then he's just you know, I'm a robot and this is the operating system and we are more literal and it's funny. Yeah. Right. But also to be like, you know, somewhat human in a way. Yeah. Particularly that scene that we talked about where he's like, I want to take one last look at my friends before his memory gets wiped. Um, phenomenal performance at C3PO. Yeah. Uh, definitely one of the, one of the most memorable characters, one of the most iconic characters throughout this entire thing. Yeah. So who is my MVP for this film? Mm. I, I'm excited because you've listed pretty much all of the guys. Yeah, characters. I've listed everybody. <laughs> um, you know, it's not Mark Hamill. It's not Carrie Fisher. Glad to see them. It's not Harrison Ford. It is Adam Driver. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. man. I mean, he what he does at Ky- what he does with the character Kylo Ren mm-hmm. is he forces you like you have such a dislike for him because he is the antagonist, right? He is the bad guy, but you understand him right he is flawed yes um he is complex but you see like the human side of him while also seeing the dark side right he is not so black and white as like we may remember with like darth vader right he is he, he he is the bad guy with like emotion he has a conscious that's like working in the scenes behind him and all of that comes to life particularly in the in the interactions and the conversations he has with ray which is why their characters on screen like their their chemistry was just spot on right without that chemistry i don't know if either characters uh storyline and likability and just their presence on camera really comes to life as much as it did um i particularly want to call back to the scene where like the fight scene uh, between Ray and Kylo Ren on like the uh, destroyed, um, was it the Star De- Death Star or Death Star Destroyer? Star, yeah, yeah. some uh, destroyer, some type. Yeah. First of all, and we'll talk about this when we talk about the cinema cinematography. Phenomenal scene. Yeah, it's fucking dude. incredible. The entire movie. Was just I have like, no idea how they did the that. The entire movie. Like, again, we'll talk about dude. that. But as far as uh, the, the uh, as far as I'm concerned, well, yeah, we'll yeah. talk about. And then this, the you know the interactions that he, they had together. I think Kylo Ren, uh, and this is not to minimize um, Daisy Ridley. Ridley as Rey, but he brought so much to this character, Kylo Ren. Um, everything you want in, in 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 a bad guy or just in a character in a movie. He brought it here. He delivered in every single way, which is yeah. why he's had the year that he's had. Yeah, he's had a run, man. He's had a run. Um, w- one of the uh, one of the best moments I think uh, 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 of the film is when um, it, he has scars on his face, right? Yes. 
when she heals him, uh, she heals the, she scars, heals the scars as well. A yeah. little, little thing, right? But then also his turn, right, from, you know, the dark side or whatever the case is uh, to, uh, to, um, to, 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 to being on the light. Um, it comes after she heals him, after her, she uses her life force to save his life. Now he's got a little bit of her flowing through him. And I think that like, and but then having all of that sort of juxtaposed to one another. Right. So you, you see him, uh, you, you see her bend towards the dark, darkness by stabbing him, but they both are redeemed when she heals him yeah. because she's realizing, oh, I'm, I'm going too far on this, on this end of the spectrum. And then she, in, in learning that lesson herself, she then teaches him that lesson that, Hey, you can do some crazy shit, but it's all about yeah. how, what you do afterwards that matters. I mean, hey, and I don't know if she went to med school or not, but <laughs> <laughs> she does good work. Yeah, there no, was she, no, she got her degree online. Yeah, there yeah, was no per, the, uh, post-surgery scar, nothing. Yeah. Like She just clean incision. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, she went to Strayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she went to, um, what was that? Remember, remember that commercial where the guy would be like, what are you doing? You're not doing nothing. You're on the couch. You're just sitting there. Go go online now. Register for classes. That wasn't I ITT remember. Tech. It was wasn't DeVry. I think it was like Foster University or something like that. But you remember those commercials? It was Trump University. It? Probably Trump University. <laughs> but um, no, she did a phenomenal job um, stitching up his wounds. Um, I wonder... Does the force also de- deal with like internal bleeding? Because she stabbed him with a fucking lightsaber. So does it like? Yo, dude, I don't, I don't know. Tie up internal organs that were damaged too. Dude, I, I don't know how all that sort of played out because, um, because uh, clearly she stabbed all the way through. There is clearly a hole in his body. Yeah, and it didn't look like there was a hole at all. It just looked like and it looked like it looked like she just kind of like. Maybe a lung or the like a liver from from where that wound was. It looked nasty. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah maybe because gross. the lightsaber is like energy and it's like uh, fire or a laser. Maybe it 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 burns through. Right. Dude, I don't fucking know. I, so so I didn't. I didn't. It, I didn't in and really... of itself, it it like kind of like uh um like a burn is different, right? Like when you when you burn through something, it kind of heals or not heals, but it. Uh, it, it, it Colorizes, or, yeah, yeah, maybe cauterizes, cauterizes like the wounds internally. I, mean, I, I don't know. Anyway, the force I, I, is, I, I, didn't, I didn't go to the, for, the force so is more I, powerful I than I thought. Her. I don't. I wonder if she can do work on cars. Like, if, <laughs> if her car breaks down, can she just jump the shit right? <laughs> well, How far it, does yeah. this thing go? Yeah. If if somebody is like, hey, listen, I fucked around with this girl last weekend. <laughs> you know, I woke up this morning. I took a pee. It kind of burned. Can you? Do your thing. Hey, hey, like, lay hands on them. <laughs> uses the force eye. You don't have gonorrhea anymore. How far does that power go? Uh, well, hopefully, and at the very minimum extent to that, if you can fucking yeah. heal stab wounds from lightsabers, I'm pretty sure gonorrhea is just. Yeah, so I don't have to go get the, these antibiotics. I'll just come to you. <laughs> it's a great oh, power shit. to have. Uh, it really is. Yeah, it comes in handy. Um, so, uh, all right. So we talked about the characters. Uh, uh, let's talk about the cinematography for, for the film. Um, and uh, and I'm sorry, I didn't give the um, the casting by credit on this uh, this film. I should have said that before we started on the uh, the cast. But the casting by credit is uh, Nina Gold, uh, April Webster, and Alyssa uh, Weisberg are all casting by credits uh, for the the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, let's talk about um, 
the cinematography for the film and uh, the cinematographer for the film was uh, Dan Mydell uh, or Mendel. Uh, and the editor for the films uh, for the film was uh, Marianne Brand, uh, Brandon, as well as Stefan Rube, uh, who are credited as the uh, editors for the film. Um, I thought the uh, the cinematography of the film was flawless. I, clearly, there 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 are flaws with it. There's going to be flaws with it. Uh, yet, but to me, it was the best Star Wars film that I've seen. To not give you anything, it when I first watched the return of the Jedi. I remember thinking, Oh, this looks pretty cool. But then I watched the film, like this is all very stupid. Um, and this film, I didn't really go into it with any sort of expectations, but then as I'm sitting there, I'm like, yo, this fucking looks amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like it looks amazing. Like, so for instance, one of the scenes that stand out to me are, um, uh, uh, and we talked about it a little bit um, uh, is when they're uh, hyper drive jumping or whatever yeah. the fuck they call it, like hyper jumping, I believe, or uh, uh, hyper skipping. I think uh, they called it. I don't know what the fuck they're they're, they're saying, but um, as they were doing it at the beginning of the film, um, I was just like, "Yo, this is beautiful!" Like this is, and it and it doesn't seem out of place, and nothing really seems like, "Oh my god, that's CGI." That's I mean, you could tell sort of that it's CGI, yeah. but it didn't like you. It didn't feel like it, right? It, yeah. it, it felt like it was all organic and, and, and natural to the film. Um, I thought that was beautiful. I thought the the when they uh, when they are attacking the first order and they're riding the I don't know I can't call them horses. I don't know what the fuck they were. Some sort of creatures that they're riding. I thought that shit looked really it looked super dope. Uh, the only part of it that I thought was kind of like suspect was uh, when they showed the Sith and like how. They had like all in the those, stadiums. And yeah, shit. I was yeah. like, well, are they real or are they? just Yeah, I couldn't tell that either. Like, is can it you is, see their faces or like they? I couldn't tell if they were like real or if they were like just a part of uh, the, like some sort of illusion or exactly. Um, yeah, that that was the only part of it that that was a hiccup. One of the things I did notice about the cinematography, and I don't know, I don't know if this is like, I don't know if this is a stylistic choice that they they made or that they've been doing it on the films, and I just haven't noticed it. Is is that? They held on to shots really long, and I don't mean that they stayed stagnant. I mean that they they didn't do these like um they didn't do like the quick cuts like from scene yeah. to scene to scene. And and I'm sure they they did uh, overall in the film, but I just noticed that they almost did it almost Scorsese style, where you have these you know these single shot and you just follow the characters. Mm -hmm. But then like they don't do it as if it's like oh this is that type of scene where they're just gonna keep us in the entire thing and they're not gonna break. Uh, uh, break camera at all um, but they held on to the shots really long at times and I, I, I thought it was a, it was a great stylistic choice you know uh, I, I thought it helped us sort of stay immersed in the story uh, without it being like oh that's this type of film that they use that as a you know a, 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 a filmmaking technique you know that they were trying it felt really just organic to the film itself yeah um, outside of that, I'm still just trying to digest everything. Usually, for the when I watch the film initially, I usually watch it for the plot initially, and mm -hmm. then I, on the rewatch, then I start watching for the cinematography for all those things, and I'm able to sort of have a better take on, or at least if I have time to like think about it, like okay, this is what what happened in the film. But coming straight out of the film, um, that's one of the things that stood yeah, out. it's hard to pull all of the things that like you like about the movie. Um, but I do think the cinematography in this film, um, to your point, was excellent. Like, there's so many great things um, that that I want to like bring to your attention. The two things that I'm going to highlight here, though, are um, the fact that in this movie, right, 
with these characters, it's important to capture a lot of their like individual emotions. Like what is Poe going through? What is Finn going through? What is Ray going through? What is uh, Kylo Ren going through? Right. And oftentimes emotion is not shown through like, you know, the words that you say, right. But like your, or, or like what you do with your body, your actions, it's like facial expression. This movie for me had a lot of really great close-ups that captured mm. really um, visible emotion that like communicated more than, than like words what, said. what lines and or what words would say. Um, I think particularly for Ray, uh, her struggle in trying to find out like her identity, who she was, um, Kylo Ren, his facial expressions in his interaction with uh, Harrison Ford on the mm. ship uh, or after he, uh, after Ray stabs him and heals him, right? For the, for the, for the moment there, he's silent. He doesn't say anything, but like you can see in his mind, he's like working through some things like, like who am I? Like, you know, what is my next step? Like, where am I going to go after this? Um, he's working through some things and you can see it on his face and has some really great close ups um, in that particular scene. Next is going to be the scene that um, uh, fortunately is up on the screen here where and I forget what planet they go to, but they're going to the planet because Ray needs to retrieve the Sith beacon that will help them navigate to um, the planet where the first orders essentially building their army. Right. Um, So she goes. Not only is the landscape um, on that planet beautiful. Uh, there's obviously like a thunder or, or yeah, uh, a, a storm that's happening, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the ocean is, I mean, raging. Yes, yeah, raging. There are waves crashing everywhere, and the waves in the water look so real. Um, it, it looks like you know this is a real rainstorm. There's nothing to me about this that screams CGI. Yeah. It looks so real. The the way the water's interacting with the characters. And this is one of those scenes where I really want to see how they filmed it behind the scenes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the fight between Ray and Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. like they're soaking wet. But we know that there's a heavy amount of CGI being used in this particular scene. Yeah, that was one scene. of my favorite scenes, just even in the trailers, man. When yeah. Kylo rises out of the water and you see yeah. him, it's just like... Uh, He's fucking soaking That's how I want to walk into every fucking... Like room I go yeah. to just with the fucking lightsaber and yeah. looking fucking uh, walking to do my taxes fucking soaking wet like I want a full return I want every penny back <laughs> like sir why are you wet this is H and R Block why do you have a lightsaber first yeah. of all I didn't even know those were actual things those are real <laughs> like yes I want to write this off too <laughs> but like this scene right here uh, I mean. When you're watching this movie, yeah. you're just like, "This shit is happening. This yeah. is this is real." You're nothing, loving what you're seeing. Nothing you're about it. this looks fake. From the ship that they're on, like actually like building that environment, right? Yeah. Um, building that physical environment for uh, filming this scene, but also, you know, of course, they had to like retouch it and do some edits edits on it. But it looks and feels very real. The way that the water is like splashing and hitting the characters. It is the water is real, right? Um, and then a lot of this is CGI. So their ability here uh, from a cinema, um, uh, cinemagra- cinegraphic, cinemagraphic, cinematography. What the fuck is the word? Cinematography. No, like from a uh, um, cinegraphic. Is that a word? Cinegraphic. That's the word I wanted to use. Yeah, pretty sure. Now you got me down myself. Yeah, let's yeah. go with it. From a cinegraphic perspective, right? This is beautiful. This is a combination of 
realism, like real environments, real, uh, the water's real, of course, and then being able to layer CGI on top of it to bring this to life. Yeah, well, um, that, that, that's one of the things that, uh, that I love about, like, you know, no, everybody who listens to the podcast like knows that I fucking love Christopher Nolan. Um, but that's one of the things that he stresses is uh, CGI is a compliment. It's not mm-hmm. the feature. Like it's not the thing that should lead your film. And I think that that's one thing that they actually, it, as much as they can take it to heart with a Star Wars film, they took to heart of let's build these things out versus just, and also when you're given a fucking budget of that much, come on. Yeah. Or it better look good. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I want to. I can't wait to see like parodies of this scene right here, <laughs> where they just have like people throwing buckets of water <laughs> on the actors. And they're just through being doused with water. You, you know what they have is, uh, I, and uh, uh, they have like these trucks that they have filled with water, and then they just continuously just pump. Water yeah, like they create yeah. the illusion of rain, right? Yeah. Um, and I, we, I've seen that in movies. What movie was I watching recently where you can tell that? Um, they so had it was coming from like a direction. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can tell like the, the, the they had like um uh like the waterfall system above the characters, but like if you look through the rain, it's you can tell that down, yeah. uh, those cars over there aren't being rained. Everything over there is dry, just where the <laughs> and like that's not happening here. Like, yeah, yeah. The water looks real. The way that the characters are interacting with the water and the fight scene, everything about this looks so real, and um, it's just beautiful cinematography. Yeah, gorgeous, uh, stunning. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, the the music of the film, and the, of course, the the music for it was done by uh, none other than uh, John Williams, who I think uh, has been there from the start. Let me let me double check. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's been there from the start with uh, with all of the Star Wars films. Um, I thought the what a f- job, by the way. Ugh, he yeah, just keeps getting paid. They're like. We need that same score. We're doing another movie. Do you still have those files? He's like, yeah, (laughs) I'll send them to you right now. (laughs) Got it right here. Um, How much? uh, What's the budget for this film? They're like, oh, yeah, we got this much from the studio. He's like, cool, cool. I'm gonna need a, I'm gonna need a pay raise. I'm gonna need points. Yeah. I, I, I got enough money. I, I, He's I, like, oh, this is the last movie too. Okay, well, I'm gonna need three times my normal salary. I don't know when my next job is. This is the last one. No, John Williams does a, uh, he does a lot of shit. Uh, so I, I I'm sure he does. But for wrong. the last film, yeah, yeah, you gotta come with the yeah, coins. Yeah, come correct. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I, I don't even want to talk so much about the because it's it's I think scored pretty much like any although I think it, it was at least to me I, I noticed the score a tick more than I usually do in Star Wars films I don't know if that's because I was more emotionally connected to the film um, but also um, I, we saw this like in the IMAX theater I mean the sound well, yeah, quality in the IMAX was like I was yo. just I was actually just about to talk about that I could tell whether it was the IMAX uh, thing about it or uh, if it was the the actual or I guess let me back up. The thing that I do want to talk about is, uh, and it's standard for any sort of like big budget movie like this or like any studio movie that they're going to basically give you what you want to see when you're looking at a scene, like all the, so they'll throw in music when it's like the, it's time to go to, you know, on an adventure or this is a, this is a, this is a tense moment. This is like a sneaky film. You know, we're, we're quiet here. We're, Deceptive. Um, so, so they'll give you all that. But in this film, I actually noticed, uh, I think they, they just, whatever reason, they just put some sauce on it that was just like, oh, that's pretty tight. Like, one of the ones that I noticed was, I think it was on the ship where he's beating Ray down mm-hmm. and he's, he's, he's almost there and they keep throwing in the music exactly when he strikes with the lightsaber. 
do and then like they play the music and then like the music will stop playing and then as soon as he hits her again they play it and it's just like oh that was pretty fucking tight yeah like i noticed a couple scenes like that where it's just like okay that's pretty cool yeah uh and, even and though it, i think it's like standard but it, and it, it, it really cool. heightens up like the what's happening in the scene right him yeah. like beating her down and the music is complimenting that but one of the things i noticed about that scene which is why i love this particular scene so much is that like you you're still very much um feeling and hearing and seeing like where this battle is taking place like you're still hearing the, the water, waves yeah. crashing and the water hitting and and like you know the, the the wet like how wet the characters are that's very much a part of the scene which just amplifies it with like the action and then you layer the music on top of that yeah. um i mean to your point i think this the score for this film was very much on par or on track with what you expect from a Star Wars film, I do think that us being in like the IMAX theater, the sound quality is just so much better. And if it, if that's not true, I want my fucking money back. <laughs> if I, if I could have just seen this in a regular theater with regular sound, it would still been a nah, good. No, nah, no, nah. because then, then if you would have seen it in a regular theater, you'd be like, "What screen am I watching right now? Like, yeah. I don't understand why this is this small. Can, yeah. can we just let's why, let's get this? Why big. is this not crisp? <laughs> um, yeah, that IMAX hits different, man. But yeah. Uh, I think the music was grand. It was theatrical. It had all of the instruments in there. It was very on par with what you expect from a Star Wars film. Um, uh, it did everything it was supposed to do. Yeah. Um, I, I think a second time watching this, watching this film, I, I'll be able to pull more of like, here's a scene where the music was delivered. It was great. Or here's a scene where they, um, you know, the absence of music was more powerful and like they enhanced the sound of the lightsabers swinging through the air and crashing against one another, like in a battle scene between Ray, uh, Ray and, um, uh, Kylo Ren. Yeah. Um, but again, first time around, like all you really take from this film was like the music was, the score was on par. Yeah. Um, okay. So we talked about, uh, everything from the plot to the, the music. Uh, what other things do we want to talk about real quick before we, we hop out of here? Uh, about the film, I've got a, I got a going list of like a, a few different things that I just random things that I just picked up. Through yeah, the, through let's let's go through your list. Um, okay. Um, so one of the first things that I uh, that I jotted down was uh, that I just and again this is in no particular order. It's just shit that I just thought of literally right now that that I, that I wanted to sort of highlight. But uh, one of the tight things at the end, this movie had a lot of oh shit that's fucking tight moments. Like oh shit that's fucking. That's pretty cool. Um, one of them we already talked about, which is the uh, the hyperdrive jumping. That was pretty fucking cool. And yeah. That, that was like, you know, literally within like the first like 15 minutes of the the, the film. Um, and then another oh shit moment where it was like, oh, that's fucking tight is uh, Ray's gold lightsaber. And I was like, oh, yeah, man, that's uh, fucking okay. dope. <laughs> yeah. You know, because at first I thought she was just going to like, I'm no longer a Jedi. But now nah, she's like, I am the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> she hit Jacob the jeweler up like... <laughs> I need one. <laughs> yeah, that shit looked tight. Um, another moment that uh, was like an oh shit moment uh, was uh, obviously her, the reveal, right? That uh, Ray is, a, of course, a Palpatine. Yeah. Um, there have been rumors and it was like a foregone conclusion. She was either, she's going to be something. She just can't be. It wasn't going to be like, oh, Ray's not anything, right? Like, I think that that was the, that was a head fake that was in, uh, you know, the, the Last Jedi. Um, but uh but of course she was going to end up being something there were rumors that maybe she'd be a kenobi maybe she'd be a secret skywalker somehow yeah that was like one of the lesser ones you know because then who like would luke like 
bang somebody and then just dipped out on them. Like, yeah. that doesn't seem within. Didn't, although, I don't know, maybe. And he's <laughs> been hiding from paying child support <laughs> yeah. on that island yeah. for all these years. <laughs> Drinking that fucking goat milk, whatever <laughs> yeah. the fuck he's drinking. <laughs> um, but so, and, and I really like that because. You know, it's not that you usually these stories like you find out that like the the child's parents were something, right? In Harry Potter, we found out that his like his parents were, um, what his dad was like a powerful wizard and his mom was a human, right? And it's really about their parents. This it kind of says, uh, you know, to Kylo Ren's point, like you know, your parents were, you know, they were they were nobodies really. Like your father was the son of Emperor uh, Palpatine. But like they were really, they, they weren't anybody like major, right? They weren't huge players in whatever this game is. Yeah, it wasn't like as they if were they were like your a parents. part of the force or something like that. Yeah. That they were just like these like, you know, they were mad fucking, you know, powerful. They, they weren't or whatever. kings and queens or you know, uh, uh, legendary warriors. They weren't any of that. They were just your parents. Yeah, your grandfather, however, you know. Emperor Palpatine was the worst. He is, <laughs> yeah, he's the one, right? That, so that's, I, I that's like a, how they did that. That's a, again another reason why I think this film is made specifically for young white dudes is because this is basically saying to them, you don't have to follow in the steps of you know uh, those that came before you. you yeah, know, you can choose a different path. You know, no, that's uh, very true. Uh, uh, and uh, one of the things that is curious though with with all that is who fucked Palpatine. Yo, <laughs> who who was? I, there's so many different questions. It was him and Bill Cosby <laughs> mobbing through the streets, quaaludes <laughs> throughout the universe. <laughs> it's probably who yeah. Bill's supplier was. Yeah, that, it's exactly who his supplier was. Yeah. The yeah, there's a little, there's a little bit of the force in the, uh, in the, in the fucking, uh, in the pills. Um. Uh, so for one, did he have the kid before he essentially became emperor? Like back in episode one or two uh, of the of the of the series, like, or was it after he became this ugly fucking snake eyed motherfucker? Jesus, I, don't know. I mean, I, imagine I guess if you're looking at the timeline, it would have had to have been afterwards, right? Because if he did before, then the kid would be like. Um, well, I guess Ray's parents were, or Ray has to be in like her mid to late twenties right now, but, uh, think of it, think of it because her parents died like when she was like six six or or seven or something like that. So So her her parents look pretty young at that point in time. I wonder when that was though. That would have been, I guess the, the whole Star Wars time uh, time map just I don't yeah know. I, I don't know yeah. who's supposed to be how old and yeah but uh no okay you know what that actually tracks because her and Kylo Ren are sort of let's just guess around the same age right yeah but then that doesn't because fucking Leia and Han are like old as fuck but her parents well I guess they would have looked younger back then when Ray's parents, I'm gonna were... have to write this down. <laughs> I'll do my dissertation. I, I can't do on... this in my head. I'm like, uh, um, yeah, but either way, somebody had to at some point yeah, fuck, Palpatine. fuck Palpatine. That seems like a task that is uh, that I do not envy. That, yeah. <laughs> that is, um, but, and I love the way it ended in that that like just because you are born uh, to a certain family, right? That really does not define who you are. Like, I mean, 
legally you can't just change your last name. You gotta, you gotta file <laughs> yeah, those she, papers. She yeah, she didn't go to the NBA. <laughs> yeah, before she, she didn't get a new driver's <laughs> license or any of that stuff. But uh, at the end of the day, you know your family name uh, or who your grandparents were, who your parents were, does not always define who you are. And like at the end of the movie, we see th- that she made the choice mm. to say, "Hey, this is who I am. Like I am a Skywalker. I was born a Palpatine." But I will live a Skywalker. Yeah, I thought that was tasteful. I thought it was well done. It's powerful, man. Because I, I think you know, and look, not, not to get terribly personal, but it's it's something that I think everybody or a lot of people walk around with is you know shit that our parents do. We harbor a lot of that, right? And then we start the thought creeps into your mind, especially if your parents, you know, either one or both of them were pieces of shit. Uh, you start to wonder is that just me, you know, yeah. like, is that my uh, legacy? You know, am I just continuing that same? Yeah. Like this is how it? my family is or was. So this is the way that I am. Exactly. And that's not always the way it works. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, unfortunately you can't choose your last name. If I, could, well, technically you can. It, technically you can, <laughs> but like if I go to the MVA tomorrow and I'm like, hey, I'm a Kardashian, I don't immediately get endorsement deals. Right. <laughs> I, I wish I could. Yeah. You know, pay some bills Can you off. Really not do that. <laughs> uh, I th- I think if you wanted to, you probably. But like, they go through a process of uh, approving and denying um, your filing, right? So well, they 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 let Meta World Peace get his shit. Yeah, but that was that was like him changing his name. Uh, I I don't think they'll approve you adopting like a name that Isn't would allow you to try and. St- take somebody else it like i don't know if i could change my last name to musk right because i want to uh steal some of like elon musk i'm not sure why fan. you couldn't yeah. i'd have to do some research but uh but i do It'd feel- probably get denied they probably just be like nah nigga, keep, your, <laughs> keep, keep your fucking name um uh, but but i i love that idea and and, and that and I, and I maybe we can bring the whole conversation full circle in that uh I think that this this particular movie, I don't know if about the whole trilogy that, you know, between The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and this, I don't know if the themes necessarily ring with the first two, but with this one, it especially rang with me, the the, the themes that they were trying to drop. And I thought it's a very timely film. It's a, it's a film that I think is, it's needed, you know? Yeah. And that theme of choosing your own path, you know, uh, Ray at the end of the film, of course, uh, she, she, you know, somebody, a random lady walking in the middle of the desert. Like, there has not been anybody here in years. Yeah. Who are you? Like, you what know? are you doing out here? Yeah. What are you looking Trafficking for? Trafficking cocaine across the desert. She just saw desert. Ray bury those lightsabers. She's going to, she's going to dig them bitches oh, up. Yeah. She's definitely going to sell those on eBay, you know, and not even get full price for them. She's going to sell them for the cheapest amount. You know, it's going to be some bullshit. Um, but uh, they got Amazon. Uh, they probably do got like, fucking one minute prime right because if you can jump galaxies you could deliver my shit bezos is a gazillionaire in the star once once he gets himself a motherfucking spaceship one minute prime yeah it's a wrap um you you see they're already starting to do like the fucking uh the helicopter shit the the drone uh, delivery thing drone drone deliveries and shit i mean um so uh, get it to me now if you can (laughs) So uh, you see her talk to the old lady, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm not a Palpatine. I'm a I'm a Skywalker." Um, that's a that really is a legitimate, powerful message, you know. That is it, and it 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 tracks, you know. It, it yeah, you you can choose your own path, you know. Your your destiny isn't written, you know. You write your own, you know. You write as as you go along. So all the people out there who, you know, 
for one reason or another feel like they have to do something so for instance if you do have parents who bring you up a certain way into some bullshit you know and and teach you to be a certain way and you know in your heart it's not this doesn't feel right this isn't you know you have doubts about it explore that you know and, yeah. and 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 i'm not saying you know just run out the building and be like i'm no longer jones you know but yeah. uh but, but like you know other other things like if, if you're just because you were raised to uh, you, just because your parents were part of a certain political party does not mean you have to just fall along party lines like Absolutely. you can you can think about it and you can make a choice this is your parents think for were, yourself yeah uh, you know just because you were raised a certain way culturally does not mean like that that culture has to be yours if you see if you identify more with another culture like you can adopt that in, in a respectful way that um like embraces the culture right and not necessarily takes fr- takes from it there's so many different ways in life that you could take something from this film and apply it yeah. i think it has a lot of social uh commentary in it absolutely and i, and I think that's why uh, why i said at the beginning of this that it was uh, very timely and that it's the, it's appropriate that this is the decade under especially for us here on the podcast uh but even more broadly uh just in general that it came out in december of the last you know year uh of, of this, this decade of this yeah. decade uh with where we're going where where this decade is sort of where we found ourselves yeah generally with the zeitgeist as i as i like to say um uh what the temperature is outside um it's appropriate that this film being on such a big stage to have a message like that i think it's uh it's unique um and it, it's heavy-handed but at the same time subtle enough where you know you can still identify with it and fuck with it uh all in all, man, I thought I thought it was a fucking fantastic film. Um, Definitely gonna see this again. Oh, 100 uh, percent. I don't know if I'm going back to IMAX. I I, I need to. No, no, no. I'm gonna uh, matinee it well, in, in a regular theater. Well, I, I I'll use it for at least maybe one more of my uh, AMC Movie Pass things, but no more. I can't. Uh, I got <laughs> I got to see something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so if you haven't seen it, uh, please do. We press play on. Uh, uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of the Sky, uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, you should as well, uh, if you already haven't. Uh, and again, I'm sorry to your poor ears if you <laughs> if you have if not you seen the film. If you listen to this whole show and you have not seen the movie yet, <laughs> whoops, what the fuck were you thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're uh, we're glad that you listened. Absolutely. Um, okay, uh, I think we're done with that for the moment. Uh, one one other thing with that randomly. Uh, they, they everybody made such a big deal about like the same sex kiss. The kiss at the end, it happened for not like a split second, and it like, wasn't even like I thought it was going to be Poe and and Finn and Finn. That yeah, was kiss. So, I, I, thought like, that I, I thought that the whole that movie that's what too. was going to Um, so at the end of the movie, it was um, and I forget her name. She was like one of the captains or lieutenants. I don't know. Of, I, I, I don't the think they ever made a point to even say her name. Yeah. But that's part of my problem. Is like they made no real genuine effort to like make the characters that were involved in that, like a significant part of the movie yeah. yet. So I believe the actress is Amanda Lawrence and I forget who the other character that she kisses in the film is, but it was so, it, it was so small of a thing I'm that not quite sure why it's a big deal in order for you to be offended by it or to, w- was there people offended by it? More? Yeah, there there, oh, were, okay. there, I didn't, there, I didn't there were a lot of people who thought it was like, Oh, if you're going to do something like that, at least either, make it a big thing or don't do it at all, right? Either make the kiss a prominent thing and and really speak out and champion same-sex relationships. that's so stupid on so many levels because what you're trying to do, I think what J.J. was trying to do with that is normalize it. 
Yeah. Like, Making it a, th- like, this is just a thing. That yeah, everyone's celebrating. Of- everyone, this is a victory. Every, pe- men and women are kissing. Women and women are kissing. Men and men are kissing. It's a normal thing. No, don't fucking pay too much attention to either or. But, and I, I think that people who would, like, be against that would be like, oh, but, like, you know, you need to make it a point that this is fine and this is normal. And it's like, but that's how you fucking make it normal yeah. is just by making it normal. Yeah. Like, you, you don't make something normal by highlighting, highlighting the it, fact like, that. And spend 20 yeah, minutes like, on it. Like, look at this. Look at this thing. <laughs> this thing is normal. Then everyone's going to be yeah. like, oh, not really. Yeah. But if, if you just, if it just happens and you don't really say anything about it and you just carry on, but you don't say anything negative about it, right? Yeah then it's normal yeah i i just i thought it was like i, I thought it was going to be poe and and finn which the only reason why like i really not necessarily even cared but like the only reason why i was like, paying attention to that is because then i was paying attention because i always thought it was finn and ray that were eventually gonna gonna get together um but really it just turned out that they just had a really beautiful friendship yeah which was, was fucking cool. dope you know they're just like and then like yo squad goals man like they, they like whenever I'm a sucker for those type of scenes in movies where you just see the squad like when the whole team up. is winning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when the whole team wins, it's like, oh man, <laughs> it just makes you feel good. Um, yeah. But uh, now nah, I guess we got to talk about it. You know, now that Kylo Ren is um, is gone, right now who, who's gonna bust down Ray? Mm, you know, uh, Poe has got his little side, sure, his yeah, little piece yeah, that he's yeah. probably gonna want to uh, get that back, get back in the game with her. Yeah, yeah Finn yeah. might be next man up. <sighs> Go after it, young buddy. Yeah, but Finn, Finn seemed like he was sparking up with with uh, the uh, other um, yeah. former stormtrooper. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. You, they had some deep ties. Uh, who else is there that that can link up with Ray? You gotta have heart though to go after yeah, the, the last the Jedi. One. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just hit her <laughs> with regular game, right? No, because she knows what you're thinking. Yeah. Like she's reading your she mind. She can read your mind, or she can <laughs> shut you up. Exactly. She she'd just be like. Walk away. Uh, You're not going to fuck. I think it's a... a, a, My money is going to be... On somebody else who is a little underrated in the film, but I thought came across really well. Kelly Tran, uh, who played... um, uh, She played uh, Rose Tico. Mm -hmm. Tico? Whatever her name is. Um, uh, She she took some command. She she was aggressive in this film. She might have the moxie to shoot her shot at Ray. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. We'll have to see how all that breaks down. Yeah, or I guess I we won't see how that breaks down. Yeah, we won't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anybody else who would, but I guess there's someone in the universe who's like, yo, you know what? Let me get in this motherfucking spaceship hey. and, and let me, let me, uh, let's make some Palpatine yeah, kits. Let me, let me space jump real quick, <laughs> see what's up with the little baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I think that's about it for our press play. Um, uh, although we had a little bit of overtime there. Um, there was something else we were going to talk about, and then we didn't uh, circle back to it, and I did not write it down. Uh, I completely forgot, but there was something. Damn. 100% forgot. No, there was something I talked about. Oh, the best show. Yes. Uh, okay. So, a lot of great shows in this decade. We, In fact, some would say the best decade for shows ever, right? We got so many gems. Uh, Mad Men. We had Breaking Bad, Game of Game Thrones. Game of Thrones. Uh, what else? Uh, was other um, shit. Uh, Grey's Anatomy I like this how decade? I just gave up and just said other shit. Say what was it? Grey's, Grey's Anatomy? Anatomy was that just Are you considering Grey's Anatomy one of the best shows ever? I mean, some people might. I wouldn't. You wouldn't? <laughs> what about... Um, no, it, it, one of the most long-running, sure. Yeah. But one of the greatest? Yeah. No. What Sh- about... Uh, I, look, I love Shonda Rhimes, but no. 
What about um, Sex in the City? Was that? Would you say that? I never really decade? watched Sex in the City. I, I need to go back and actually yeah. watch it. I and I, I think. Oh, for, and also that wasn't this decade. That was two thousands. Okay. I also think for reality TV too. Right, like this decade has brought uh, some of the. Some I, I think we got the heyday with reality TV in the two thousands. You think with so? Survive when Survivor first popped off, yeah. when American Idol first popped off, those were better days. Now, now they just, have like America's ugh. Got Talent, so you think you can dance? I don't want to watch um, any of that shit. Yeah, I don't want to watch it either. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's anecdotal. That's just But me. yeah, you know what? I, I think some of the shows that we had, like when we were real world it, road rules, some of the drama, er, shows the early two thousands might that, have been. It yeah, was popping for, yeah. for reality TV in the 2000s. Uh, but for drama shows, uh, in terms of they look better, you know, they're more cinematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they feel better plot wise. Like all the writers who are just like, man, fuck this uh, film shit where it's just like, you know, you need to spend years roaming around the desert before somebody's like, I'll take your script. Yeah. You know? And we haven't even talked about what was on streaming too. like some of the shows on Netflix. I mean, Narcos. Uh, Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Even though I wasn't a fan of the first two seasons, third season. But yeah, it's, put it back uh, in I mean, the shows that we have on Hulu and HBO, right? Like Billions, Ray Donovan, like all of these phenomenal series. Phenomenal. Nurse Jackie. I have the best among them. Just I feel like I'm just not going to agree, but go you, ahead. You're not because you you clearly didn't watch it. Um, I, I've watched a majority of those shows, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And I think there's one constant theme through them. As they've gone on, the plot has gotten much tighter. If you, if you want to talk about some of the best shows, what tends to be the case is that they're not long in, in terms of seasons. Uh, it, they might be like 10 episodes per season, and they're not long in their total lifespan, right? Like Breaking Bad was only five seasons. Uh, Game of Thrones was uh, uh, eight seasons. Um, uh or any other show that you could talk about that's like okay these these were great shows they generally they hover around that four or five season mark uh game of thrones like i said was an outlier but really it's because they have like five different books to go yeah. from why they just have a lot of material to go through uh, and they still didn't even get through uh to all the material um the show that i feel like was the best out of all of them i, I don't even think it's even remotely close it has to be mr robot the listen 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 I, 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 understand, I, I, I haven't seen it so i understand what your objection is going to be uh for one you haven't seen it but then two i think those that's a lofty thing to say right the reason why i think it's the best show because it's the show that has the most singular focus and delivers on that focus in totality at the end the, how long how many seasons was it four seasons and what is it on? Is 10 it on episodes, uh, USA. Which is it on is Netflix on, now no, or Hulu? Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. Mm. I'll give you my login if, if you if you need. I it. might need to watch this. A, a lot of my shows that I'm watching right now just finished. The Witcher's not really good. Uh, I, so I've I might been, need I've a been new wondering show. about that. It's, it's not, not. It's no. not the. It's not the new Game of Thrones. Nay, as people say, no, not at all. Not, <laughs> not even fucking as, close. As, as uh, Jon Snow would say, nay. Yeah, not. I, close I don't know if he would say nay. I have no idea. I just said it in the Jon Snow accent. Uh, but yeah, well, I might need to check out this Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot is the show that, and and I, I hate hyping it up because then I don't want to put like those expectations when you watch it. But the reason why I'm so enamored by the show uh, is because from the beginning of the show, it essentially tells you what it is, and it never breaks stride of what it is. There's some points in the show, just like in any show, where it's just like, ugh, 
let's get through this episode. Come on, let's let's wrap this up. But rarely uh, throughout the show does it does it does it leave you feeling like that. It oh, it's always interesting what whatever they're doing. But the entire show feels like one long ass movie, but not a boring movie. Yeah. You know, like a pretty exciting movie. Um, the chief uh, theme for the show, or the chief idea behind the show, you would think it's it's about hacking and all that stuff. It's not. It's actually about mental illness, and it's this like deep exploration into mental illness. And with each twist and turn that comes along, it it stays on that same stride. And it's the best representation I think on TV of talking about mental illness as in like it's a thing and it's something that you should pay attention to and should try to like deal with you know okay Uh, and what happens when you don't deal with it you know and trauma what happens to you know people when they go through shit and they never fucking you know deal with it how they cope with it they just had their season finale or series finale i'm not sure if it was this past weekend or the week, I think I, I missed when it actually aired and I caught it like the, the week uh, after. But um, watching the final episode and the f- closing moments, I've never felt like that when watching a show. And, and again, this is strictly for me. I don't know if you, I doubt if you're, I don't know if you're going to have that same reaction. Yeah. Um, but, but I will we, check it out though. Yeah. I mean, I, you've talked about this show several times. Um, and you definitely, you know, and I do respect your taste in, in film and, and uh, whatnot. So yeah. I don't doubt that this is a good show. Um, uh, Remy Malik is in this, right? Yeah, Remy Malik. Yeah, so yeah, the incomparable. And, and, yeah, and <laughs> Remy Malik, phenomenal actor. So I would, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the show a try. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I can't say enough good things about it. Um, yeah, and and again, like in those closing moments of the series finale, I. I I both identified with it. I, I understood like all the steps that led us to that moment. And, and what, what a show does sometimes is it gets too big for its own thing. Really meaning that like the show gets popular and then they feel like they have to live up to expectations. Yeah. This show was originally Sam Esmo is the uh, creator of the show and he directed, I think the entire third and fourth seasons of it um, as well as wrote all the episodes as well. It, you can tell this is one specific vision for the show because as the show goes on, it gets more specific in, mm-hmm. in that like other shows tend to get more grand and that how can we top ourselves? You know, yeah. what, what can this we show do? Dials to, in it's the more. fast and furious effect. Like, let's just, uh, we need an explosion. Like we need bigger explosions, you know? Um, but this show, it, it, it does that to a certain degree, but then as you're drilling down, you start realizing, Oh, this is getting more and more, human and this is getting more and more about the person versus this big high end concept yeah uh which it does both wonderfully but then it at the end it comes right back to that personal thing which i think a lot of shows that's what they miss is that they just go for the grand this is the you know huge thing that this person took down this entire you know evil whatever and then that's what the show's about but really if we really identify with shows and with movies and all that, it's not about that. It's yeah, about the it usually people. boils down to like the character and like what they're going through emotionally or mentally, uh, you know, their journey, whatever it may be. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. I- I'm gonna give the show a try. You've talked about it a few times. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind <laughs> taking a pause on The Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you sure so you're not done the uh the the season? I'm not done the first season. I mean, I'll likely um just wrap it up and finish it and just burn through it 
uh, but it's not. <laughs> it's not going well. Know, yeah. <laughs> well, one other show that I actually wanted to check out that I don't know if I'm going to maybe try to binge. I've got a lot of shit to watch in like the next, next like three days before we do our, our, our super show, uh, super year end show um, is uh, the morning show. I yeah, yeah, been yeah. talking a lot about that. Uh, so I definitely want to check that out. Did I, uh, did I to, give to you my, my stuff in my logins? No, no, no. You've been purposely withholding it from me. Okay, yeah, no, I'll, get, I'll send it to you right now. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'll, I'll check that out um, and uh, and see how that goes. How long are the episodes? Are they half hour? Um, I think they're like hour long episodes. <gasps> All right. I might yeah. not be able to binge it before. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I will say, um, su- surprisingly, probably one of the best shows I've seen I, I, this yeah, year. Th- that's what that's what's got me interested in is for you to say that I know would take a take a little bit. Yeah. You know? uh, so uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to check that out and hopefully I can get through a majority of it before uh, before the this year's out. Uh, anyways, uh, we've been way over time, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This has been another fantastic fucking episode of the Fade Podcast. Uh, just like always. Uh, if you listen to us, uh, uh, you know, through and through, we appreciate you. We love you. But also hit that like button, hit that subscribe button to just let us know. You know, we're, we're, we we get insecure sometimes. You know, sometimes we don't know if you yeah, guys fuck with I, us I, or I not. Need that, uh, we need some reassurance. I need that recognition you know? and reassurance. Absolutely. Um, and uh, it's, it's like my girlfriend always tells me, uh, oh, I need the, uh, what's the word that women always use to, uh, uh, I need to be like, not comforted. Um, Acknowledged. Damn. Complimented? No, it's fuck, and I I wish was it reassured, uh, fucking validated, validated. Yeah, Uh, that's the that's the word that you always uses, and now whenever I hear that word, it's like I get a tick in my neck. Validate my parking. (laughs) What are you talking about? That's why I'm not in a relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, to all of our listeners, thank you for a great 2019. It's been a uh, solid decade. Uh, We'll be back. Uh, yeah. Well, we're gonna do another show before 2020, right? No, th- I, our super show. What the fuck? I've yeah, been talking about this show. entire yeah, time. Yeah, about? <laughs> uh, so we'll be we'll be back with the super show, and then we'll see you in 2020. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, with that being said, I think we'll hit the usual protocol. Fade out. Peace out, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs>